When the crowd gets loud, that's a pop. But when Yoshihashi hears his name being chanted by more than six people, that's a monster pop. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is D Straight, student of the game and the guy who makes sure that everything always makes sense in kayfabe. If not, you're going to hear from me about it. And as always, I am here with Twitch Megastar, who, by the way, at the Twitch World Convention, talked Amaranth into licking mics, and the rest is history. What's up, Joey? Oh Weekend, Joey. What's up, man? Hardly, not even close to Megastar, but um, TwitchCon and, is and, a real thing. And, and former professional wrestler who had insight on Athena's O-Face when nobody else did. That's true, yeah. And just to reiterate that right now, it's a it's a move that she uh, was gifted by Gigolo James Johnson, who she was friends with on the indies here in Dallas. Also on hand, as per PhD, actual doctor, the man whom Doc Sampson called to learn more about the political intricacies behind the Supreme Court's latest decision. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> doctor of destruction. What is up, dude? Uh, you know, I, I I question really how much I know about politics. Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I saw this coming, but uh, I'm doing you know pretty good, all things considered. Can we can we just um, as a podcast get political and and put our stance down on that on that decision? Sure, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> what does Glenn Jacobs think of it though? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want because because I'll change my opinion based on what fucking. I Kane mean, thinks. fucking dude, Kane really fucking showed his ass. He looks like a fucking absolute fool. All these years of like being somebody that people respected, you know, in the business to just being just the absolute fucking most bottom tier piece of shit out there. Like just he's he's he might be just above Greg Abbott, if anything. <laughs> like what a fucking dumb bitch Kane is. Fuck you, Kane. That's, ooh, that's a tag team right there, man. Oh Kane. God, Greg, Greg Abbott and Kane. Could you imagine the finish? Or okay, here's what I imagine for the finish. Kane sends Greg Abbott off the ropes. Uh-huh. Right? He rolls back. <laughs> and Kane picks up his wheelchair and German suplexes it onto their opponent. Is Greg Abbott in a wheelchair? What? Yes, dude. Is he is come he really? On, dude, come on, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh I guess if, if you ever wanted to feel okay making a joke about someone with a disability or a handicap if you if it's ever politically correct to do so dude texas is like the place <laughs> it's where you have it well you've got like crenshaw too like i mean even his own supporters like make fun of him oh yeah well you know they make fun of people with handicaps <laughs> how do i not know he was in a wheelchair i've gone out of my way not to look at what the what the guy looks I mean, I think, like I, 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 don't, I don't think he's like wheelchair about like i don't think he's like just in a condition where he's in it all the time i think it's just oh i was about to say okay like the former michigan governor um rick snyder there was like i can't remember he had some really pathetic leg injury and he was just like on this mobility scooter and looked like an absolute dork a rascal a rascal yeah yeah greg Greg, dork greg abbott is um that's why you see people always posting those memes of someone in a wheelchair going off a cliff. Oh, and yeah. There's, Mac and me yeah. or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then there's um, and then there's the one of uh, Richard Widmark tying up the old lady with a lamb cord in their wheelchair and sending her down the stairs. Oh, my God. <laughs> kiss of death or whatever. That's a good one, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, man. Um, hey, did we have uh, an incredible pay-per-view this week or what? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. This is This was show of the year. I can't think yeah. of one better. I this can't was, think. This was super good. Like I think 
And, you know, this is kind of a big tone. Like, I know last week, you know, especially you, Joe, I think you were, like, really skeptical. Like, you know, like, the build's been questionable. Like, mm-hmm. like what are they doing? Like, why is Ishii in a four-way match? And, you know, I guess you got your wish on that. Oh, um, just God. Maybe not, just maybe not the way you wanted. Listen, like, <laughs> there were some things that probably would have made the show even better. Like, that's sure. just how good it was. But, man, they really delivered. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely give you guys our review and stuff like that. But I still stand by the build. The build was awful it was just so awful so one of the worst builds i've ever seen to it for for a pay-per-view and uh it has to be like some kind of record for like worst build for the best pay-per-view like (laughs) ratio it has to be yeah i mean i think you know and like some of it like comes down to just sort of like you know there was just certain questions i mean obviously you know kind of like the big you know story of this is just like you know is the pay-per-view cursed while like the injuries i mean obviously ishii got mm-hmm. hurt uh which i assume would affect his g1 participation too but maybe they're kind of holding out hope for that who knows um it's his knee so i assume he has oh, to get yeah, scoped not, out yeah. first though it could be okay they just you know there was just not enough time for him his knee to get looked at yeah her the show. had a fever which um might have just been kind of like one of those like covid pre-screening things like oh hey like you know like he might be like okay but just not allowed to get on the plane yeah um and then you know apparently even like okada who you know was on the show like uh tony khan said he didn't even know he was going to be there for like until like the week prior really yeah yeah he, they must have upped his paycheck or something <laughs> yeah like okada please i need you I'll, i saw i also thought it was just weird Wait, joey just... do the do the okada please Okada, please, please, Okada, please come, please, please come to Forbidden Door, please come to America, please. I know it's your wife's birthday. Please, we'll give you lots of monies. Please, come on, please, we'll let you beat Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, he couldn't even beat uh, Adam Cole. I know, dude. Adam Cole beat himself. (laughs) Okay. I, wait, wait, wait. I'm wrong. No, Okada did decisively beat Adam Cole. We'll just get into that in a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, that is true. Okay, all right. Um, so let's so let's not let's not spend too much time. We fucking talk shit about Kane. Let's let's get into the buildup for Forbidden Door. We'll run through these shows and then we'll real give quick, our real quick before before we, since you mentioned we talk shit about Kane. Um, yeah. So the powers that be tried to shut Greg Abbott down in his 20s. He was out jogging and a tree fell on him. Oh and that's God. how he became paralyzed from the waist down and is confined to a wheelchair. For real? Just, just missed by that much. God, dude, why couldn't God just finish the job? <laughs> Good oh, Lord. Because God's not real. If God that's, was that, real, Yeah, I if he was know. really, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't have let that happen. If he was really, he'd probably be an asshole. Jesus Christ. Dude, and, that's, and on just, his, that's on his website. What? Whole, like, the whole story about it. <laughs> Is Many it really? Texans ask why Governor Greg Abbott is in a wheelchair. Because I, Dude, I, I, mean, I thought he he's was, like, using it for sympathy. His story is one of triumph over tragedy. <laughs> he, oh my god, he's using he's using it for oh. fucking sympathy, like a trying to be like a baby face. On a summer day in July 1984, Greg Abbott, <laughs> a 26 year old recent law school graduate, decided to take a break from studying for the bar exam by joining for a jog in West Houston neighborhood. I think um, I'll take a break from studying from this bar exam. Oh my god. How about a jog? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, dude. As he lay in a hospital bed, throttled into incompre- with incomprehensible pain, doctors worked to piece his vertebrae back together. They inserted two steel rods near his spine, which will remain there for the rest of his life. During his harrowing recovery process, Governor Abbott was reminded of lessons he'd learned all his life, especially the lessons of perseverance. 
Dude, they have uh, a fucking a wow, straight <laughs> up incredible. spo. Oh dude, God, dude, he put a fucking sad fucking sympathy story on his fucking website. Dude, two of the orderlies were probably chatting amongst themselves while he's getting operated on, being like, uh, "God, this guy's blasted out of his mind on coke." <laughs> God, good <laughs> lord. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm so, so I'm sorry. We took a wrestling detour, but we did we did we did frame that in a professional wrestling manner. So I don't feel too bad. So if, if it's um, not if it's not clear, we support uh, women's rights and rights of humans. Like that's where this is what they were trying up. to fucking do. This is a this is what they're, they're trying to fucking take away people's rights. They're trying to undo things that have been done over the last like hundred years. And people who you know are have been injured and I, I think is disabled a, a outdated term too. I don't know. That's a good <sighs> question. I think differently is. abled is technically the PC Ooh, description. Okay, but okay. I, I, don't, I don't. We'll I don't catch know. up. I mean, it's we'll catch up to that, but just not today. People who are people who are you know. Who have injuries or are disabled, we love you too, just not Greg Abbott. And we, we're, we're with you guys. <laughs> yeah, we know that he gives you guys a bad name. So you were doing like a very professional sounding job of framing this episode, Joey. And I was just like, but Greg Abbott's wheelchair story. <laughs> <laughs> so well, go we're, ahead, fine, sir. We're gonna we're gonna get through uh we're gonna get through these episodes. It's it's a lot of buildup, so we're gonna kind of run through them really quick. And then we are going to review what I believe is the show of the year, Forbidden Door. So let's uh, go ahead and get started with Dynamite. So I'll refer to Mr. EOD, Emperor of Destruction. Yeah, so AEW Dynamite from June 22nd, 2022. We open up with uh, Brian Danielson making an announcement, and that is that he is not medically cleared for Forbidden Door or Blood and Guts. Very sad. There was a lot of speculation about this, and this confirmed it, but he said that he has a replacement, and this replacement will not disappoint. And uh, we'll talk about that later, but let's just say that he did not disappoint. We did a review. We didn't do a review episode, so you'll have to take our word for it that we guessed right. <laughs> our yeah. preview episode. Well, I, we did talk about it. Um, or did I say, I I'm sorry, a preview. Yeah, I think we did. Didn't we talk about it last week? No, because we didn't know that Danielson was out. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, because he did that this week. So I thought we mentioned Cesaro, possibly Cesaro. God damn it! I haven't done that all week. I've been, I've been like, it's Claudio, Claudio. And dead naming, now dude. I do it. Yeah, I'm dead naming the guy. And you know yeah. what? We were just doing like, uh, oh, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. And I'm just like Claudio. <laughs> so anyway, like, it, like no one knows by now. But right. you know what? It wasn't disappointing. However, dude. Danielson not being on this show was the most disappointing thing about this entire pay-per-view because that's, he was the number one guy we wanted to see against Mm -hmm. a top new Japan star. Yeah. That was kicking the nuts. It was, but the match didn't disappoint, but we'll get to that. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I I just, I don't think it was like, well, Danielson can't go. So I guess we'll, we'll actually sign Claudio. I don't think those things were directly related. I think he was, I think he was honestly, this was just maybe the the debut. Yeah. 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 Uh, So yeah, I, I, yeah. What I, what I heard was that he had been under contract for a long time at this point. Like he, they just, they were saving him. And uh, this just opportunity arise. He said that Danielson is the one that came up with the idea. He's like, "Hey, man, what about Claudio?" And then he's like, "That's funny that you say that because he's under contract. You're the first person I've told." <laughs> oh shit! <I> <laughs> yeah, so he's yeah. Right. They've had him in the, yeah. They've had him in their back pocket for a good while now. So well, it took him out on a pretty good rainy day. 
Yeah. Uh, so. Next up, and I didn't see this match, so you guys will have to kind of give your thoughts on it. Was the United Empire Will Ospreay and Aussie Open versus Orange Cassidy and Rapungi Vice? Uh, this was a lot of fun. That fucking uh, holy fuck! That fucking pile driver, that fucking snatch up pile driver. Oh, I did say that. that part, yeah. Uh, holy shit! That was fucking insane. That's the the biggest takeaway from that match. Uh, was that fucking crazy pile driver? These shows that AEW have been putting on recently, it's just such a fine way to spend your summer. They've been so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna make one note on this that it, like it's to me it's like wild that like and, and you know you could argue this is arg- maybe more beneficial to Aussie Open than actually winning any of the New Japan Tag Titles, which might say a lot about those. But like it's just weird that like they have them like on TV, but like they're not on the pay per view or like they are, but they're just on ringside. They're just managers. Um, more or less, but uh, it's just weird to me that like they're presented like really strong here, but in New Japan proper, they're not really like they don't really have a strong direction. Are you talking about Aussie Open? Yeah. Well, they're mostly on a they're mostly on a different show. Like they they've been uh, so when they became uh, when they showed up to New Japan, I don't think they've even worked in New Japan like proper yet, like at all. Okay. But they've been official members of the United Empire for like a year now. And when okay. they did, when they did like those Australian shows, that's when they got put into uh, United Empire. So I'm I'm sure there's been plans for them for a while. But same thing with like TJP. I guess TJP was in the Super Juniors tournament, but well, like um, TJ, because like TJP and I can't remember who the other one is. Like they're the junior tag champions. Yeah, they're they're the junior tag champions like weird now. To me but that you have like a real tag team. Yeah, in the but same how, faction. But how long was TJP a in a working with New Japan? Uh, in America, and then B, how long has he been in the United Empire? And it took it that long for him to be on the show. So they had plans for these guys. Obviously, they haven't shown up yet, but they're still considered that. And one of the things that I like about it, like people, there's been like criticism. It's like people don't know who they are and shit like that. Like who and stuff like that. But you know what? I fucking love that they have the um, the balls and the faith in their talent to present them um, as representatives of New Japan. And despite people not knowing who they are, uh, they can fucking show out and people won't forget them. I mean, that'll, I think that'll be a theme of this episode, but I think it's like mm-hmm. who is such a shitty argument. And like, It really is. You got to fucking be introduced to somebody sometime. Yeah. And like, we'll, we'll get to a, a few other instances of like who and why I think that's like just a bullshit argument. Okay. Next up, we have uh, Christian Cage cutting the promo of his career. I think. You know, we had, you know, we had talked about Christian's promos <laughs> on here before and how they sound very professional and he sounds very assured, but they're also very vanilla and plain mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of directionless. And I guess those are his baby face promos. But, you know, you add this venom and vitriol to that delivery and it all of a sudden, totally fucking works. Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. Dude, do you think that he's been doing that by design the entire time? Having so, like vanilla promos? His entire yeah, career. Yeah. That's, quite, that's quite the long <laughs> He's word. like, you know well, what? Well, honestly, I've heard it. <laughs> I'm a vet. Remember when I said, like, like I, I always talk, I always refer to refer to the uh, his feud with Randy Orton because those promos as a babyface were really good. And then he was really great as a heel during when he when he turned and during that, that feud. And uh, like he wasn't that bad, so they, he he talks about like in this promo, like he said that like 
his whole gimmick was like outwork everyone and we and like they got us as smarky fans going it's funny he's outwork everyone but he hardly ever works <laughs> but really and then he like used that and he's like he's like god i was saying i outwork everyone but i really just didn't want to work and he's like now i have to get my now i have to get my yeah, hands dirty dude fair. this was this was by design like this was always the plan and yeah, we talked we talk about like their fucking like level of like sprinkling things over time and then stuff not making sense right away and then like we even cringed at that but like it led to something that he like like and then he came out with that shirt immediately that says worked everyone and like that's fucking awesome and none of us probably want to admit that we got work real hard by that yeah, I mean, I can see where you're coming from, but yeah, like, I mean, this promo was fucking great. He just talks, he just runs down Jungle Boy, says that he doesn't have it up here. Um, then he, like, goes after his mom. He's like, you know, I just wanted to give her the chance to apologize for giving birth to Jungle Boy. But, you know, <laughs> I think she, I think she really, you know, fancied me and she wanted me to be Jungle Boy's dad, just like he did. But I don't want to be his dad. <laughs> and his dad's dead. And he's probably should be happy for that because he's embarrassed for him. <laughs> Everyone in the crowd just kind of had that. You, you just went too far reaction. Yeah. With that. And I, I was popped by that and talking to my wife who could give a shit about wrestling about what was going on. <laughs> so some people could, could say that like, like, you know, Oh, he went too far or whatever, but like, I don't think he we've, went far enough. Here's the thing. Kidding. Like you can go far if he you could, do it he right. Could go like the big show and drag the casket and his, yeah. And no, the no, fucking no. Pete mobile. Yeah. There's a way to do this, like, because you know how they did that stuff where, like, like Paige, you know, talked about, you know, Reed Flair. And oh, yeah. It was real cringe because it didn't come up. They, like, there's a way to do it. If you fucking commit to it and everybody's in agreement that, that, that this is the angle that you want to push and um, you just fucking go for it, like, like you mean it. And when it's believable that he might actually mean that, that's when it's good. <laughs> I wonder who you know spins the idea. Like, does Christian go up to Jungle Boy and he's like, "Hey, man, I just uh, want to get your approval. I'm gonna talk about your dead dad." Or is Jungle Boy? <laughs> does Jungle Boy say, "Man, just lay into me, bro, in this promo. Like, talk about my dead dad." You know, uh, I'm sure they. Uh, honestly, I'm sure they discussed it. It's gotta be such oh, a weird no doubt. conversation, though. Like, right? Like, who? How do you start it? Right? Like, hey, Joe, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna cut this promo on you. Like, is it okay if, like, you know, I talk about, you know your parents that left you uh, for dead, you know, at the age of two or something like, you know, like something like, I mean, that that's just bullshit. That's not true. But like, no, that's p- pretty close. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, is like, you know, stuff like that. Is it, um, you know, like, how, like, how do you approach that conversation? I mean, like, I, I would think that maybe it was probably, I would, I would be willing to bet that it was probably Jungle Boy's idea. I know that if I had something like that, I would want to use it in a storyline because it just, it, it, brings a lot to the table like it's um it's it's real it can get some real heat it could get some fucking big heat and then especially if if uh it's obvious that christian's probably gonna put jungle boy over and he's gonna help him get over this is gonna help jungle boy so why not fucking pull out all the stops i would i could be willing to bet that it was his idea and then people were like i remember people were like oh and they did the stuff with like eddie and ramus like when uh with ray mysterio when eddie died and like Randy Orton went too far or whatever, but man, Eddie would have been all about it, you know? And like, I know guys that like, I've, you know, anybody that I ever talked to when I was wrestling, you know, were the same way. They would have, uh, they would have all been about it. I mean, would you? 
Or would it just be, would it hurt your feelings too much? Would you work yourself, you know? Oh, like just to think that they'd be using me, something my, that, dead, my, my dead ass in an angle? De- no, like, no, like, like, would you, Like that? if I die, like, okay, me and you are yeah. tag team partners, Joey, and yeah. I, a tree falls on me when I'm out on a jog on a summer yeah. morning. And, and I'm the baby you, face because of God my association with you. God finishes the job this you. time. <laughs> yeah, God finishes so, yeah. the job. And like, so I'm dead, like, okay. And then I'm just like, hey, man, if I ever die, please don't use me in a, <laughs> an angle. Like, that's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, this one guy. Uh, but wouldn't it, wouldn't it be even better if he used it, like, after, like, you know, swearing on your deathbed to, like, do it? Like, just think of the heat, man. Yeah. I'd I mean, say like, dig up my corpse and fucking stuff it and put marionette strings on it and fucking oh, hat. I want one last match. But what it was you know, like, like those like, people that, you know, like those people that put their I want grandpa's one, corpse on the one fishing one boat. One last match. And put like a beer and a cigarette in there. <laughs> give, you a, give you a shoot, Katie Vick angle. I saw, oh, dude, yeah. I saw like some fucking crazy video and it was fucking stomach turning of like, it was, I don't know if it was a rapper. I think it was a rapper, but they all had like a fucking like wake for the guy. And they had his body like dressed in clothes, yeah, standing yeah, up, yeah. and they were dancing, and they were making him dance and shit. It was ins- the yeah, most insane dude. shit I've ever seen. That's fucking. That's what I want for my. <laughs> but but in a, but as a wrestling match. Yeah, when John Barrymore died, they went after his funeral. They like had paid off somebody at the funeral home and got his corpse and put it in Errol Flynn's apartment for for him when he got home and like propped it up on his couch so he just attended his funeral and like walked in and he's sitting there with like a drink in his hand on his fucking couch <laughs> could you imagine that god you go damn. to your homie's funeral and you come home all sad and like their corpse is just chilling on your couch with, oh with a, that's like fucking... a playstation controller that's okay so if, oh man like, like you know, like when, when Paul Bear when he died, you know, in um, Percy Pringle, he's fucking old school, and he would have like they did the thing with his ashes and stuff like that, dude. He would have been all about that shit. I love how when we when we <laughs> mention when we mention Paul Bear, Paul Bear is a character, but Percy Pringle is the guy. Percy it's Pringle just a gimmick. Yeah, Percy Pringle. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of a podcast equivalent. I guess if you guys don't mind doing the work after I die, just keep like you know sound biting me and oh my God. acting like nothing happens. You'll, by then, we'll, by we'll then we'll be doing. To, we'll have to ask you to like one day just like spend like the whole like you know 24 hours just recording like legit Layla stories. Oh my god! And then yeah. so just, like we'll just put it like insert it into random episodes, and we'll oh we'll god. set your we'll do like a live Twitch episode, and we'll just like set your corpse up, and you'll be on the camera. Oh like, my exactly. just go full. Dude, I'll be so burnies. shocked when I'll be so shocked when I'm in hell and like I run into legit Layla down there. And, then, <laughs> and like Natasha will move your mouth for you when you're supposed to be talking. Oh my god! Just no, just to keep my screen from going to like oh fucking god. sleep mode. It's like a, anyway. like a dummy. All right. but jokes aside, oh, actually, I, I got one more. But so okay, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say this person's name, but I remember uh, when somebody passed away uh, here in the Texas. I don't even remember who Man, it was. That's that's a rare occasion when someone passed away. In well, Texas. so when somebody when somebody uh, passed away in Texas in the in the wrestling scene, um, this fucking referee guy he uh, he booked this um, a memorial show, and it was the fucking worst thing I'd ever seen. Like it was horrible. <laughs> I remember being in the locker room, 
and like how what, just the card sucked or like yeah the the, like it was just the cards just everything about it dude it was so bad there was a veteran in there and he looked over to that guy and he goes he goes hey when i die <laughs> he goes when i die please don't book my please don't book my benefit <laughs> show <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the dark darkness aside. Let's let's uh move forward. Yeah. So then, so Luke Perry and his sideburns were dragged out for a fucking yeah. angle. Yeah. Gotcha. This was, was fucking. Awesome. This was. You thought this was awesome with the with the Luchasaurus part? No, the whole thing. Like, like the Luchasaurus uh, comes down. I didn't like the Luchasaurus part. That kind of hurt it a little bit. Like I guess like the the angle is like he's a dumb dinosaur. They got small brains. He's easy to manipulate. But don't they, haven't they said that he has like a PhD? Yeah, I was like, haven't they acknowledged that in kayfabe? I guess it's not all it's cracked up to be, huh? Yeah. No, well, okay. tell us about that, Doc. Yeah, tell us, Doc. Would you, is it, is it would bullshit? you fall for? Would you fall for Christian's shit? You know? I don't. I mean, maybe like maybe Luchasaurus <laughs> is just for, like a really shitty friend. Like I don't know. Like maybe it it's be. not so much well, that he's not falling for. But he's just like you know what? Like I'm willing to hear him out. You know? I've, yeah, that's insane. After he said that, after he went too far, yeah. like. That's insane. Fucking um, Christian right. should have powdered. Christian should have powdered. He should have been like he, he called out powdered. Marco too, right? Yeah, he should have did the exact same thing, and then he should have powdered, and then said and you know and got on the mic and said the same stuff. Like yeah, the remember what happened to Marco thing. Was, remember was, yeah, remember what happened the, to Marco. That's like, the only thing that maybe lent credence to that. But I, I overall, I think it was pretty bad for him to, uh, unless he was going to come out and just turn with christian but that didn't really make sense either. you mean he, might, yeah. he still might he might be like his it's, or something it, well it's it's all yeah i mean but he could have done that without luchasaurus being like oh okay i'll hear you out that's just weird like and then he leaves like just fucking so if luchasaurus becomes christian's heater then jungle boy is free to compete as a singles competitor which that's might true. be good which might be good. We'll get the. What if we but, get the um, return of marco stunt as what what if we got the return of marco stunt as uh as christian's heater but he's like a little fucking oh like like a, but he's like a little troll shit like he's, he's like just the, a, like he's a, like the guy from christmas story like the bully and his little oh yeah stooge. the little the little stoolie yeah the to- or his toady is what yeah. he calls him yeah dude you know, or that would or, be awesome do you remember that do you remember that evil dead regeneration game where he had like a little guy side little demon sidekick and he would throw him around and stuff I don't remember yeah, that. I okay. kind of recall that. Yeah, nobody remembers. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so Joey is qualified to talk about, by the way, before we move on, he is qualified <laughs> to talk about Christian, like his career overall. When we went to a Saturday night's main event. Oh, no. You're, in the this is a lie. He I'm had, telling no, you right now it's dude, a lie. He, he made a sign and drew a little TV on it and cut out the screen. And it said, <laughs> uh, it said, <laughs> the sign said, peep cam and joey would like hold his face <laughs> peep cam? that's not true not true peep cam. You, were, you were jumping on that before you had finished i'm not I, I knew I, I knew i knew it was coming i knew the lie was coming i was like no, this, is he not, knew, this is gonna be he one remembered of those. the sign and he was like i need to fucking go in the damage control mode and just policy and deny all like everything else no in the words of bernie sanders let's move on Okay, but no, I I would love I would I would love to see I know we, we want to move on, but I would love to see 
a different take on a heater and it just be like a little shit that you can't get out the get, like he's a thorn in your side and he's like just more like a fucking annoying gnat than anything but he's still kind of like he's effective at his job that would be awesome you could always count on him eating shit in the most spectacular way because he can be thrown around and he does oh, he's that really Leo athletic they, i would have loved to and see bobby that with Lashley. leo rush yeah that would have been awesome well he's like they, the leo rush bobby lashley thing kind of yeah yeah kind of yeah almost exactly like it except like even crazier honestly yeah okay. except like they had like him like if i recall they had like fuse of like finn balor who's not exactly someone like big enough to like just you know dominate leo right <laughs> but that's funny yeah moving on we had a quick young bucks promo uh they announced that they have a match against sting um and darby and that they'll be teaming with the bullet club and of course that's on the card itself at forbidden door uh then we had Malachi Black versus Penta Obscuro for the uh, All-Atlantic Tournament. Uh, I thought this was a pretty solid match. Um, JR, what was it that JR did? He he points out that it's single elimination, no second chances in this match. A far cry from every other match you see on AEW television. So, <laughs> that's so weird. What a weird thing to say. I just thought that was so... And like, even if he was like, oh, well, like, like, you know, single elimination tournament, it's like they haven't had like a G1 They've only yeah. had, like, yeah. single elimination tournaments. It was such a yeah. weird thing to point out. We got air in the arena tonight. We're not flooded with water. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't filled this thing up with water. That's like uh, that's like um, Mark Henry. Like, his fucking commentary was horrible. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. Mark. I'm a big Mark Henry fan, but his commentary was so bad. He would just very detailed explain the fucking most obvious shit. Remember, you got real three slow. ropes. Yeah, like uh, he's like, when a man's shoulders touch the mat and they get held down by the other man and he grabs a leg, he has a really good chance of winning. And if the count hits three, then that's the match is over. And the person covering the other guy, he just won the match right there. Like that's that. He, like I'm telling, it was always like that. It was pretty good. And I mean, you're just like you know that like you already know what he's saying before he gets done, and you're like waiting for him to get done to say it. Like we know Mark Henry, we know what that means when somebody gets. I, I kind of wish we had like a split screen like at the commentary booth when he was like saying those lines just to see what the other commentators were like doing. Just I, eyes kind of like darting over to him and back and kind of <laughs> yeah. looking down. I mean, I guess it worked out that the rest of his booth, like, you know, Taz wears sunglasses and Excalibur wears the mask, so you can't see their eyes rolling. (laughs) Now, when he covers the other man, that's called a pin. A pin (laughs) is when you... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, okay, yeah, this was great. Um, It's weird because now that we're talking about it, it's been uh, four or five days since the match, and... uh, I got after the pay-per-view, I don't recall too much. I didn't take any notes for this. and I don't recall too much from the match other than remembering that it was pretty good. And there was also, a package pile driver from the top rope. That's right. That's right. And, and also knowing that damn, damn well, that Malachi was going into the, uh, four yeah, way. for sure. Yeah. But at least we got to see a high profile singles, uh, um, you know, Penta match. Mm-hmm. We've been wanting yeah. that for a while. Yeah, and I and I kind of like that. You know, like they gave Penta this match, and then Phoenix and Andrade had the one on Rampage mm-hmm. uh, that we'll talk about when we get to Rampage. But I like that they put like you know, like yeah, these guys aren't on Forbidden Door because of bullshit. Frankly, um, yeah, that's kind of out of their control. Yeah. But like you know, it's like I like that they at least gave them like kind of feature spots. Yeah, they were missed from the pay per view as well. I was thinking about that during the show. 
either one of those guys or them as a tag team would have been just a great addition Man. to the pay-per-view. Yeah. But a again, singles like, match we, between Ishii and Pinto would have been fucking beast. Well, yeah, yeah. We could go Holy down crap. the list of, yeah. of matchups and a lot of them would make sense and get our, you know, pee yeah, there's, there's not a, There's not exactly a short list of like Ishii dream matches or, true, true, <laughs> or New true, Japan right? AEW dream matches, true. period. Like, right? True, 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 true. But we knew everyone wasn't going to be on the show. Like, for instance, Naito. Like, big, a big yeah. omission, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a big one, too. Do we know anything about that? Why that wasn't? Mm-mm. We had, no. we didn't have evil. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that was no Sonata. Deliberate. <laughs> so, yeah, the Sonata. Sonata yeah, I, that would have been great. But yeah, evil didn't really didn't really miss him. Evil, I'm kind of thinking. Like I know, I don't know how he's received like in in uh, Japan as much. But I know like a lot of like the Western inter- like in the internet wrestling fans. Which I mean, I know we've talked about like IWC right. kind of anachronistic term, but like he always gets shit on. Didn't stop Great Ocon from figuring prominently into the proceedings. True, and people I think like him. Like, so. Yeah, for like Ocon, it's like it's sort of like that. Like hate has sort of just like evolved mm. into like appreciation. You're right. Yeah, we yeah. we've talked about that. It's well, all it, it became like an it, ironic. It, well, it happened like, when that story favorite. came out that he saved that woman's life. Like like people like got on board with Ocon. Are are you so you're getting worked by that too, Joey? I, I didn't say I got worked. I said that that's what it was. No, I'm just saying you're getting worked by that. Oh, like he saved a woman's life. Like that wasn't just like in kayfabe. It wasn't in kayfabe. That was a weird. It'd be a weird kayfabe story. You're acting, but I'm saying like you're acting like that's not a work to get him over. That was definitely not a work. It was on there. So you're saying they didn't hire that woman. They didn't hire that mug. So you're saying not everything. Not everything is a work, guys. (laughs) Come on. I just don't want to get worked. I'm terrified. So everything's a work. <laughs> you got worked by Christian. You didn't say shit about it. <laughs> you didn't say shit. I knew he was going to. Come on. Uh, yeah, but you didn't. Yeah, but like all the outwork everyone and like, yeah, you know. You're right. I was on that. I'm just, I, I was the one of the guys that was just like, you know, he really does outwork everyone. This no. guy is amazing. No, no, the other, no, he wants to way. be there. He loves it. Not he loves his way. role. Not that way. And if like, he gets a chance. He says outwork everyone and then doesn't ever do anything. And we were all saying that snarky shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't lie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he works hard. <laughs> we then had a Wardlow video promo. He wants to welcome Scorpio Sky to Wardlow's world. Um, God, fuck. terrible. <laughs> Cancel Wardlow. I was right about him. He fucking. <laughs> <laughs> just, dude. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see any more of that. He's a douche. You know? Did you see that? Did who who posted that thing where he was like, Wardlow wants to be the reason more women start watching? I hope that's a work. I have not. I'll tell you. That. I'll tell you right. I'm going to tell you guys right now. I want to be the reason more women tune into Monster Bot Podcast <laughs> because I'm so charming and they can't stay away. <laughs> oh, boy, doesn't watch this one. Terrible. Maybe you're God, I hope that was word work. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope I am. Word word. Now. Well, if you know, if he turns, he, that's what. And, and again, I've said this before. He needs to be a heel. Like, no fucking way. This guy need to be a baby face. It's too oh. late. He's already yeah, gone through this. Fu- yeah, it's way. I too mean, late. dude, you can always turn this guy. Well, you first of all, you have him start saying shit like, "I want to be the reason more ladies turn in." <laughs> Ow. That's a good start. <laughs> Next up, we had Hangman Adam Page versus Silas Young. Uh, with Adam Cole on commentary, uh, they put over that these two have a lot of history in like ROH. They had um, 
a few feuds back there. Uh, this is the first time I've actually seen Silas Young. Uh, I thought this was a pretty solid match, though. This match ruled. I, I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, there yeah, was like they... a weird like spot near the end where he does like this like headstand on the top like turnbuckle. It was like, oh, that's cool, and they like didn't do anything. No, he comes down. He, got, then he, he does got, like yeah, a springboard. Yeah, he got countered. Yeah, he yeah. Got oh, countered. Okay. I mean, it's it's a move that he's done before. Like, I mean, okay. it's, it's it's his it's one of his like signature things that he does. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It was just like it was just like such a weird like. I'm like, oh wow, that's like really cool and like unique. And then I'm like, what? But he just I think right, yeah. I think right before that they had some kind of miscommunication, but um, yeah, there was like the like moon salt that I think that like kind of looked a little weird. Yeah, but I thought I thought that was actually pretty cool what happened there. But yeah, it got countered pretty spectacularly. And um, Silas Young was good. They better he they better be using him for ROH or something. Which apparently yeah. they announced their uh, they announced the next uh, ROH show, which yeah, is, well, uh, is it Death called? Before Dishonor. Yeah, they, they, so that's got to be, yeah, that's got to be why they were hammering home the ROH history with this guy and gave him some exposure. Yeah, yeah well, and like uh, Rampage, especially, they had like a ton of ROH guys on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it was like it felt sort of like kind of weird, but they're just, you know, using time. And it, it was weird because it was in advance of the pay per view and blood and guts, mm-hmm. but they're using some TV time to promote ROH. Like we finally saw. Totally Blanchard back on TV with his yeah. little stable. We've been talking about what happened to that. They finally, they finally have put it back into the shuffle. Yeah, and I think like ROH is just—it's just gonna be in that weird spot until they get like their own actual TV or whatever. After the match, obviously Adam Page win. Cole wins. Uh, Cole interrupts. Jay White interrupts. They talk about you know the pay per view, and Jay White says he's not gonna accept either of their challenges, but. Because uh, he wants to make the pay-per-view as big as it can be. Uh, they start beating up Hangman, but then the coin drops. The crowd goes absolutely insane, and Okada comes out. Uh, and they announce that it is going to be a four-way for the IWGP title at the pay-per-view. I knew that was some bullshit about like his wife's birthday and all that kind of stuff. Like I've never, ever heard of a wrestler missing. As I said, they apparently didn't have him locked in until like a week. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, this could was have been awesome. for a different and, reason. And, and again, too, it's like, you know, like all all people had to do was hear the coin for like the crowd to go insane. Like people know who fucking Okada is. Mm-hmm. At least this crowd, you see all these people like arguing like, well, they don't know. Well, like they don't like the regular fan doesn't know that. That's why their ratings not aren't going up and shit like that. And it's like, man, if they're making money and this is the, pro- the, the product that they want to present, then OK, that's fine. Yeah, it'll grow I, in its own yeah. way. And like, you know. There's, and it's weird. It's just like there's nothing wrong with pleasing your fans that yeah, are there that right. do know these guys. Like what? Like everything you do has to be to draw in like a wider fan base and at the expense of pleasing your fans that are there. Like what kind of business practice is that? And it kind of just shows, you know, what's maybe wrong with like, you know, American like I, I almost want to say like, the entertainment say, like, service culture, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, in just a, in a lot of ways, sometimes it's like, what about pleasing the people that are that are paying you? Yeah, and continuing to do that. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah, you're right. But um, I unfortunately didn't get to see this live, and I had this spoiled for me, so mm. I, I don't uh, know how hyped I would have been. How hyped were you guys? We were pretty, pretty fucking hyped. hyped. We were stoked. Yeah. Uh, so f- next up was a segment that was near and dear to Joey's heart. 
Still sucks that it was that he's in a fucking he was in a four way though. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you yeah, see that? Yeah. Speaking of which, did you see him on the media scrum when he's talking about that? He's like, you know, I've been in a three way before, but never a four way, and it just sounds like completely sexual when he talks about it like that. Oh my, oh my god, dude, yeah. But now he's been he's been there. He's he's gone the distance in a four way. All right, but uh, next up, as I said, a segment near and dear to Joey's heart. Tony Schiavone is with the baddies. Red Velvet is injured, and Stokely says they need a new baddie. So send out, you know, your social media thing, hashtag baddie search. Joey, you mailed him a lock of your hair, right? Like feel, and you for just the, said for feel the baddie this. search. Yeah, and you just said feel this and tell me that I'm not your new yeah. baddie, dude. I can't. I got a kayfabe that what's happening here, so I just can't talk about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, if you see me, if you see me show up on a on AEW television as a new baddie, then you know, just keep that. Just be quiet. Shut the fuck up. I'm just stoked <laughs> to see you in sequence, my dude. I'm gonna do like the the um, Survivor Jenna from TNA oh like entrance. I know some people have seen that out there. It's regarded as one of the worst matches of all time. It's the what? origin of like the infamous Alvarez minus five stars clip. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it yeah. There's this part where she fucking gets in the ring and like you basically see her butthole. A lot and, of it uh, comes down to camera work, but yeah. All right, so baddie search, vote for me. Yeah, we're getting a new baddie. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if it's really democratic at all. Uh, who do we actually think the new baddie is going to be? Any ideas? Well, so I heard, I saw some people saying Sasha Banks, but I think that's fucking so stupid. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, uh, yeah. We we don't know for sure on her contract status, and two, if she's like available that quick, that would be no chance. There's zero zero chance that she comes in as a baddie to play second fiddle to fucking Jade Cardgill. There's zero chance of this. Yeah. I think she'd make a pretty good replacement for Red Velvet. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'll take... I mean, I would be a good replacement for Red Velvet. I would take anyone, literally anyone, as a replacement for... I'd take Tamina as a good replacement for Red Velvet. Tamina. Like, okay, come like, on. I, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> you think I'm playing? Anyone. Oh, we'll see. Would you take your, your legitimate favorite wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> Who's my legitimate favorite wrestler? The The shirt. Oh, I fucking Nia Jax. I would take Nia Jax. Yes. Oh my God. I would take Nia Jax over uh, over Red Velvet. Wouldn't you guys be real? No. No. You wouldn't? I, I, I don't hate Red Velvet. I think she's okay. Yeah, she's fine. I mean, I don't know about that. Okay. Then Tony interviews uh, Chris Statlander and Athena. Afterwards, they mock the last segment, and they say that they'll uh, beat down uh, Jade if she has 20 hussies with her. So... Hussies. Yeah. yeah that's a that's good such word. a funny word. <laughs> that's a great that was, word. Yeah. Um, you shameless little hussy. Yeah. <laughs> we had Marina Shafir with uh, Nyla Rose versus Tony Storm. Uh, so it was kind of weird seeing Nyla Rose with her as like a manager. Yeah. I mean, this was uh, this wasn't great, but I think it was better than the previous Shafir match. To be honest, that is such a weird like combo to put to put Nyla Rose with Shafir. But, okay, this is the match. It may have been better, but this is the match where I finally started to realize that Shafir may not be ready for the prime time. Yeah, it's just, not, it's just not a fluke. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah and, and maybe she can work the, the shoot-style blood sport matches and stay within her comfort zone, but, man, she was struggling with some of the basics. I she needs to work on some of the, um, some, like, she needs to just work on that style. Yeah, it seems like, like she doesn't want to do the style as much as as much as she probably can. Like she, she can take finish. she can take the the big moves. She can do the big moves, but man, it's little stuff like knowing where you're at in the ring and running the ropes and 
not looking lost. I think mm-hmm. a lot of it too is just it like the shoot style just looks kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know why, but like it's just I think mm-hmm. maybe it's because like she's such like she's a bigger girl, like you know she's really tall compared to like you know a lot of her opponents, and then she just like goes down like low immediately, like kind of bends over. It just looks, it just like it looks weird. Yeah, and I understand that, and I, and I know totally what you're talking about, and I suspected before that that was what people were taking issue with. But mm-hmm. I, I totally understood that, and that's not even what I'm talking about. It was the oh, professional. Yeah. If she's going to work this style of professional wrestling matches, mm-hmm. and she's got a lot of work to do on, like, the the basic shit, you know, and I'm okay yeah. with her doing that whatever little shoot style with the posture and stance and all that. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but if you're going to run the ropes and do that, all the, all, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it, like, kind of is – it's a weird marriage there already – but if you're gonna do it, you need to um, you need to make sure you're doing it right. But the moment of this match was when I think Nyla Rose hits her hits uh, Tony with a senton or something, yeah. and Jr. is like, "What was that? Was that a comment or something?" <laughs> <laughs> a comment. <laughs> God. Erberg. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wish I wish a comment would fucking like fucking pop in there maybe uh maybe a comet can hit greg abbott next or maybe nyla rose (laughs) can just hit greg abbott with a senton and totally could you imagine that oh my god footage you know he's given a press conference and nyla comes out of nowhere with a senton i'm sure she'd love to do it holy shit all right yeah so obviously tony wins uh there's a post-match beatdown rosa makes a save and you know obviously you know leads to be a rematch uh, we get a Darby and Sting promo. They say they're teaming with Shingo and Hiromu at Forbidden Door. Obviously, Hiromu did not play out, but they do still team up with Shingo. And later on, they reveal this team name is Dudes with Attitude. Right, which is, it's a throwback to Sting's old team in uh, WCW or whatever, taking on the Four Horsemen. But it's also a really mediocre uh, <laughs> Nintendo game with seven up looking dots with like sunglasses and flat tops and kind of a weird like one screen puzzle game that no one played <laughs> so obviously uh davy was very excited about all of this Joy it is a great about. name dudes with attitude <laughs> like you're never gonna you can't ever go wrong with that i wish they would yeah. just shorten it though originally to dudes, dudes with dudes dude. dudes with dudes <laughs> dudes with dudes oh my god yeah. that, been, that wouldn't have been bad uh, and then that takes us to the main event: Chris Jericho and Lance Archer versus John Moxley and uh, Tanahashi. Uh, I thought this was a pretty fun match. Um, kind of what you would expect from you know these guys. It eventually disrupts into some a little bit of chaos, especially at the end where we just get like this you know all the Blackpool Combat Club and all of the uh, JAS and Mox and Tanahashi just stare at each other for like what feels like Oh my god, <laughs> that is the worst thing. All this buildup has been bad. They do all these like brawls and stuff like that, but like there's it, you can't tell what's that's going kind on. Of, to be fair, that's a theme this week and they went way overboard because this yeah. ends up a brawl. Rampage ends up a brawl. Forbidden Door ends up a brawl. Because they're building Forbidden Door and they're building Blood and Guts. Yeah. It might not be so bad if, like, you could tell who was who and I could see, like, and this is the case where, like, I'm not, like, a who guy, but this is the case where I can see where people would, like, be really turned off by watching all these guys because they're all wearing street clothes. They're all looking normal Mm. and, like, nobody's wearing any gear and it you can't tell anybody apart. It just looks like a bunch of dudes fighting. I, I did not like, I do not like how this went. And then 
Tanahashi and Mox staring at each other, like grimacing and just fuck, like for what felt like 12 well, years. Yeah. That it was felt terrible. Like the show, it, it felt like they started doing it a little early and they expected yeah. like that the show was yeah. going off the air. If it would have gone off the air 30 seconds earlier, it wouldn't have been as weird, but maybe right. they're not getting the, okay, we're going off the air signal. So they have to sit there and hold it. And Tana had like gone through all of his tough guy faces. So he starts <laughs> yeah. trying out like some experimental shit and stuff. He's like, I don't know what to do. That was, man, yeah, it was garbage. Really they went into that garbage. too early, boy. I, mean, I just yeah. like, you know, I, I love Tanahashi, but like, he doesn't really pull off that like tough guy demeanor very well. Mm, no, dude. <laughs> like he's just he just has such like this like chummy look to him, you know. Like you like yeah. you want to be friends with him, and he's just trying he's to like, ul- do these grimaces, and it's like <laughs> he's the ultimate baby just, face. Like, yeah, he should just be smiling in his face. That would have worked a lot better. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> he almost look like his facial expressions almost look like how like when you're like trying to like be silly in front of a baby. Those are the kind of faces he was making. Yeah, silly in front point. of a baby. Yeah, silly in front of a baby. That that's the name of uh, that was the name of uh, my band's second album. <laughs> silly, silly in front of a baby. Well, like you know what I'm talking about, where you're trying to like you're like you know like make like you know scary faces, but it's just like you're no, really I know goofy. that's perfect. No, that's perfect. Is so that saying, that piece exactly of smile in his like. face? It works because it's Tana and Tana smiling, and it's also disrespectful to smile in someone's face. You know that he's yeah trying to be hard with you. It would have worked, but but silly in front of a baby, I guess. Is that is, the uh, episodes this week's episode <laughs> fucking title? Silly in front oh of a baby. Uh, I don't know. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, alright so that takes us to AEW Rampage from June 24th we open up with Andrade El Idolo versus Ray Phoenix this was awesome like just a lot of like this felt like a, like a true like lucha match at the start especially like just like all kinds of high flying and whatnot. of course ends with a, a little bit of foul play as Roosh intervenes uh, punches uh, Ray in the balls and uh Andrade is able to pick up the win with the hammerlock DDT, but I thought this was a really solid showcase. I, it would have been a better showcase if Roosh would have, because he's interfering, right? So it's already unfair. Yeah. Like he could have just done like a signature move instead of just the. the that might have been better for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Him and Andrade revealed they have La Faction uh, Ignorable shirts. I probably butcher that pronunciation. Uh, so basically, it's I mean it's L I J. It's contractually yeah. distinct. L-I-A. Yeah, or it's L-F-I, but it's clearly, you know, uh, going with that. And Excalibur immediately puts over that Andrade is such a shrewd businessman that you could probably already buy those shows on shopaw.com. They're kind of cool shirts, but yeah, yeah, I mean, and and Roosh and Andrade are two of the three original members of uh, Los Ingo Bernables. I remember thinking that Ray Phoenix is kind of in the, in the Lucha Brothers tag team was kind of like the lesser. I don't think that anymore. I like him just as much as Penta. I Sometimes don't know if I like him as more. much as... I don't think... I, I think he's really I might good. Like him more. I might like him more now. I just... There's hmm. there's just stuff that he, he, he does in matches. And I'm not just talking about like the high-flying crazy moves, but I just enjoy his matches so much. I do too. I think... So I think good. Penta comes off as like... He could be more serious, and he could go for his character is more well defined, and it's a cooler yeah. character for sure. But I, I, I don't know, Ray Phoenix. It maybe it was just a you know him kind of coming up in my exp- in in my mind where where Penta. I've always held him in pretty high regard since the mm-hmm. beginning of AEW, so you know it wasn't much room for him to move up and and 
Ray Phoenix has. But again, like when he has a singles match, I get really excited. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. And he bounced back from some of the cheat spots. Yeah. You know, didn't, didn't like he got the doink in the eye and then he was able to bounce back from it. It was just so much fun. And he's so good. And these guys, you know, obviously working together was a spectacle to behold. This was a great match. We get a Eddie Kingston promo hyping up Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts and how much he wants to taste Jericho's blood. Can I say uh, one more thing about Andrade? Andrade's becoming the Cesaro of fucking AEW. Okay. And, and not, not and like, he's a guy that, like, just seems so... And maybe it's because of his contractual stuff with other companies, but it man... Hurt him, that, it hurt him in this cycle because he wasn't in the build yeah, like he would have been. He wasn't in the build, but also, like... Like even since he's been signed, he should have been a way bigger deal. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. should have been like, like, did we really need Adam Cole versus fucking Hangman multiple times? He's a great heel. He's a great talent. He's tailor made for a fucking world title match with, with, with that he could have had with Hangman Adam Page, and like he just was not used that way. And you would think that like people don't get wasted when they go to AEW or they they're not or they shouldn't, and you're happy to see them come from WWE. But he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. It always seemed like, yeah, I know it's shocking about it. I always felt like, well, there must be a reason. Yeah. There has to be some kind of reason. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. He's got it's a new the, shirt and a new faction. They, that's they true. launched this angle. I hope yeah. they're I hope they're running with him because god damn, this guy's so good. He's so good. Top tier guy. Straight up oh, could god. be a top guy in your company. Well, he's like a perfect challenger for like the all Atlantic championship too or whatnot. Like I think there's He's a good challenger for the world title. Yeah. But I was just saying, like, I could see that, like, where, like, if there are, like, contractual issues and whatnot, like, that's the kind of thing you can put him on that will actually, you know, give him something to do uh, if you, like, are apprehensive about the world title picture for whatever reason. And I hated all this shit where it was just, like, him backstage with money, making deals and being yeah, like, a that businessman. So, yeah. They made okay, the same mistake with Miro, though, too, where Miro came in as, like, the video game dork and uh, oh, stuff sucked, like that. Yeah. Like... Like they did, they made the same mistake with that. Like they did not. I need think to that put was kind of his idea, but I play video game. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes you just have to, like you know. You broke my video game. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think you know, like over time, we've just seen, like you know, like like as AEW has evolved, we've seen sort of Tony Khan evolve, like his mindset with like what you know, what makes sense, like what, like where do you like cut off creative control or where do you like kind mm-hmm. of like re-steer the direction and whatnot reel this shit in this isn't a quick question but maybe we can keep it quick and because we could harp on this for a long time when you bring in someone from wwe that was quote unquote wasted in other words someone we know is you know a main event talent and they didn't see it that way or they didn't you know they didn't get that chance if you bring them onto aew tv and put them right in the main event. Is that just not good business? Do you first have to get them over? Well, in they, some well, way I before think you, you can put well, them that way because it looks bad to Joe idiot wrestling fans. Like, huh, this guy right here couldn't do nothing in WWE. No, he's the champion on this one. So this one yeah. isn't any good. No, yeah, I, th- I, I think you need it. I think you kind of need to build them with a couple exceptions. Like, not just build them, but get them over. In order yeah. to do that, though, you need to get. You need to like. You need to feature them. And if you're mm-hmm. if if they're off TV for like a few months after that, they cool off because they're they're you're excited mm-hmm. when they get there, then they cool off there, and then they end up being more over when they showed up than they are like months down the line. And then like right, I don't know, right, like right, may, right. maybe they have like some kind of long term plan like they did with Christian, 
Like maybe they always knew they were going to end up going this way with Christian. They just needed to pull the trigger at some point. I guess there's some like um, value to that. Uh, but at the same time, like you do get these acquisitions. You fucking pay these guys a lot of money. Like you got to do something with them. And then there's the thing about like wins and losses matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we knew Andrade, like you said, could be a main event talent, you know, in the world title picture. Mm-hmm. But when he comes in and the gimmick he's, you know, using or whatever, where he's backstage, like that doesn't work. Like then you yeah. kind of can't put, it doesn't really get over. Like you kind of well, can't just put him in the title picture because well, I think he's great. First... Like, cause you've shat the bed at that point. They're like, they're like, he he's a, a great, he's a great businessman. He's, he's got all this money. Like literally the, the big money characters have just been like the guys spending their WWE money. They made they save <laughs> or not MJF though. He was doing that too. Oh yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. And MJF has no money. That's his gimmick. No. Right. Yeah. Um, and on that little, uh, that little, <laughs> that little mockumentary thing or that documentary thing that he did, I tried to get David to watch it one time because he's like he plays it it's completely straight. It. He 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 completely sl- plays it straight like in the first half, and then in the second half you you uh, start to realize that he's like lying, and then there's all this like investigative like journalism that happens and stuff like that, and then there's this part where like they interview his dad from prison, and that he uh, he got. He got uh, control of his um, his inheritance early because he got upset with it. He got um, he like called Child Protective Services or something like that uh, to put his, his parents. Yeah, to put his parents in prison after he got upset because they wouldn't wa- let him watch WrestleMania after he he crashed the family Lamborghini into a Taco Bell. <laughs> it's good shit. It's a really good fucking watch if you've never uh, seen it. I tried to get David to watch it. He's like, yeah, whatever. He's a mark. <laughs> like I was like, no, dude, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch the whole thing. It, it is a pretty marky documentary, to be completely fair. It's 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 really good. No, it's it's not. It's real good. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say to be fair, like I, I would say Andrade's earliest outings in AEW weren't that impressive, to be honest. Like they weren't bad, but they weren't like it. It felt like it, there was either I don't know if it was rust or just like kind of being comfortable with like wrestling like the way he used to again. But I think he took a while to kind of get his steam again. They got that guy, Andrade. 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 As said, Eddie Kingston cut a promo um, about blood and guts, and he wants to taste Jericho's blood. Jericho on commentary is super pissed about this, calls Eddie an animal. Uh, we then get a Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee promo. Uh, they are now uh, Swerve in Our Glory is their team name. Uh, in this, Swerve comes across as like the least genuine person you could ever meet. Uh, but he insists that they're going to remain a strong team, and they have a match against Desperado and Kanemaru in the buy-in for Forbidden. Man, they're making they're making Keith Lee look so stupid for like. Oh yeah, he like completely guy. buys it. Like, yeah, because at first he's like kind of reluctant, but like, and it's like sort of. As I said he's just like the used car salesman, snake oil salesman, like whatever like disingenuous thing you can think of. That is like just his character. Yeah, it's, it's it's they're making them look real stupid. We then had Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez, the ROH Women's Champion, versus uh, what are they? Sierra and Lainey uh, Luck. I thought this was pretty bad. Uh, it was a squash match, but I thought the jobbers were not uh, particularly good. They didn't seem as they. I, I don't. They weren't exactly sandbagging, but they just were not the smoothest people to be taking like. This offense, uh, clearly, this is building towards an eventual Serena Deeb versus Mercedes Martinez match. But yeah, because when uh, Mercedes went to run off the ropes, she bumped Deeb's arm. 
Indeed was pointing to her arm saying, you hit my arm. Well, commentary kept putting over that they're trying to like outdo each other. (laughs) Yeah. So it wasn't just like, it wasn't just the arm thing. It was that they're clearly, you know. I just remember after the match, she's like pointing to her forearm like, ow, you hit my arm. You hurt my arm. Yeah. (laughs) They're just trying to grab something. I guess that's going to be the ROH match. And to be fair, I mean, that'll probably be good, but. I mean, I didn't, I, I agree with you. I didn't think like, you know, the, the jobbers were like up to the task of um, putting on a good match. I don't also don't think that was the idea. I thought Mercedes looked good here, not having to, um, you know, carry a match herself. And maybe her being in a tag team is the way. I oh, guess maybe. that's not what they're doing. I guess they're going to do a. Well, um, she's still champ, so. Yeah. yeah. They're going to do a deep and, um, and uh, Mercedes ROH title feud i guess so that's i think that i think that'd be perfect for like the pay-per-view to be honest that'd be fine like, for the pay-per-view yeah for the roh pay-per-view mm-hmm. and let's mm-hmm. see what let's see what we'll see what can they, they can do we'll, we'll, i'm holding out like any prejudgment on that because i think it might be okay but i could also think it could go off the rails we then had tully branchard enterprises uh we had a promo he hypes up his guys and then we have uh Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty backstage talk about, you know, having a title match and then Tully interrupts them and says that he uh, doesn't want black people to have title matches. Oh, no, sorry, that was Tessa Blanchard uh, who said that. But uh, um, he demands that uh, his guys uh, deserve uh, the title match because they have better records, which, I mean, I I thought it was a little weird. I was like, what do you mean better records? Like, want to know. Yeah, like, it's like... Winning percentage (laughs) is a thousand. (laughs) I guess, like, it was just like... I'm like, I don't know. It's just like, it's like, is the ROH like, are they starting from scratch from that pay per view? Are we considering things from the past? Like, what? Like, I mean, I, I, I think they're considering things from the past. I mean, they were talking about Silas Young and Hangman having a. Yeah, but I mean, as far as history. like the records are concerned, is it like clean slate? Is it, you know, because if you're expecting people to kind of follow that, I mean, it's not necessarily the most. They're not, successful they're not right using now. a whole lot of like. People that were working for Ring of Honor, like I, I saw the poster, yeah. and I mean they got Jonathan Gresham on there, but it's not super ROH centric, like the first show gotcha. was. Yeah, so they're definitely they're new guys, so it doesn't really matter, anyways. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. And the guy that it would matter for, he's champ. So, all right. Next up, we have uh, Hook versus DKL. I thought this was a pretty solid match i think hook sold a bit more than what we typically see but it was still you know pretty decisively in his favor uh he was very aggressive wins with the red rum um although it was pretty good yeah hook without Danhausen. wow it's awesome what Remember? happened where yeah where's where's where was Danhausen? what was he was like, he's, he, he made an ass boy music video yeah but that was weird they were advertised it was advertised for it was both of them were advertised Oh well, I didn't see the advertisement, but I was glad he wasn't there. And wow, it's when Hook is out there without fucking Danhausen hijinks, it's awesome. And he had to take a little bit of offense, and he had to sell a little bit, and he was good. Yeah, he was good I, at I, it. that was like the thing because, like, I mean, like that was like the new thing in this match, right? Is like because he really hasn't sold a whole lot, but I thought he was good at doing it. Man, when he threw his hands up after you know he came back and 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 popped him down, like man, what a pop! Right. It's awesome. This was awesome. I mean, yeah, just for like it, this. In, for, in in the context of what it was, I yeah. think they would have been great, safe. You know. I think they would have been safe. I know they're like trickling it, like you know, having Hook sell more and more and more. But like, man, they could have they could have gone a little bit longer, and it'd be, it would have been really good. Still, you're yeah. right. You're right. Like but they could have they had room for that. I think you're right. Maybe they should have. But I, I guess you know, DKC is one of the lower rung guys. 
He's a he. Yeah, he could have brought in. He's yeah. LA Dojo, and like yeah. his backstory is is that he is he's like the main Shibata uh, protege. Like he oh, came okay. he, he came that. in he came in wearing gear and like being a guy that I guess has been working on the indies and stuff. And then the idea is that he um, decided to to switch to wearing like the young lion gear and completely devote himself to Shibata's training stuff like that. So that's the that's the story behind him. Uh, we had before the main event we had a gun club promo. Billy said that he used more of his uh, stroke to get his team on Forbidden Door for the pre-show. Uh, his sons think that they're going to the Tokyo Dome, uh, and <laughs> I I, th- I thought this was funny. Not so much because they thought it was Tokyo Dome, but because the look Billy gives them. I've seen like that. It, it's uh, it takes me back to uh, one of my ex girlfriends. I can't remember what she had said, but I'll always remember like the look that like my mom gave her. That was just like the look of like just sheer like you are brainless. I can't wait. Remember what, wait, what? I can't remember what she said. She, wait, she looked. Your mom looked at your girlfriend like that. Yeah, and it was like the same way that like Billy looked at his sons in this promo. So I was just like, "Was your girl? Was your ex girlfriend dumb or something?" It was like one of those things where like, it wasn't like initially I was, but she was really, really dumb. And like I can't remember That's what it was like that she had said in that That's moment. Like she tried to date a PhD. I, I wasn't then, but like, and this was like college. She was uh, trying to bring up. She's trying to bring up her average. She was like, "Okay, if oh I'm in a couple, yeah. we need to bring up the intelligence average." Yeah, but like, <laughs> I can't remember what it was that she said. But I just remember, I just felt like she said it, and like, I just like felt like you know my spine like constrict, like it just like you just felt like that like out of body moment, like oh my god, like that's. And I just saw like my mom give her that look. I'm like, oh my god, this is like you the most embarrassed it? I've ever been. Like, <laughs> Dude, like, say, at least uh, it wasn't at least it was just like you were embarrassed secondhand and she didn't like yeah just forget. yeah it wasn't like i had said it but yeah that yeah was, yeah uh, well well you know because sometimes you can you can bring someone around your folks or whatever bring them around mm-hmm. your folks and they um they'll just say something that's like completely like off limits or whatever like make a joke about your balls or something yeah well, <laughs> you know what i mean to your mom yeah. just it, yeah. who knows dude yeah. i've had that i've had shit like that happen to me just like I can't even believe that you just said this to my dad. Something. Wait, wait what? About Something about his balls? Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, if she would have made a joke about Doc's balls in front of his mom or something yeah. like that. Like, I've yeah, well, been in it wasn't anything like that. It was just, it was just like something completely brainless. I wish I could remember what it was, but yeah, you know, that was. Uh, anyways, that's immediately immediately brought me back. How to big of eggs really do dogs kids. come out of? <laughs> they gotta be pretty big eggs. Yeah. Needless yeah. to say, the uh, relationship uh, wasn't long for this world. Call her um, up. Call her up. <laughs> like, uh, I think she's married to like this guy who I had previously interacted with, and I I always like called him like a lobotomy patient. But okay. oh my god, call both of them up. Do you ever like? <laughs> you know? Do you ever like look at a potato and just be like, I should call her? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I you know, there's there are plenty of reasons that uh, you I'm never look at a we, potato. I will never want to call her. But okay. <laughs> Anyways, that takes us to the main event, Cash Wheeler versus Jeff Cobb. Um, and, you know, speaking of selling, uh, that is 90% of what this match was. Mm-hmm. Cash just gets demolished by Cobb. This is like the most desperate attempt to like mount any type of offense, and Cobb just shuts him down every time and uh, eventually wins. We get the post-match beatdown with uh united empire best friends dax uh you know all of ftr eddie comes out on commentary and beats up jericho tries to get a pen to beat him up with too 
which was fine. But again, it felt like they went off the air a little too late because he he went back and did it again. And at first I thought like, oh, am I, because I was watching it on a delay. So I was like, oh, did it like just replay itself for whatever reason? I'm like, no, this is like the same brawl. It's just. Well, this match wasn't exactly Will, Osprey, and Dax. No, um, it was not. Any thoughts, Joey? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I actually had a lot of fun watching it. It was nice to see Cobb get a fucking defi- defi- the, a decisive win on the show. And uh, yeah, I like that. This was a better brawl than we saw on Dynamite, too. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, the, the Eddie and Jericho stuff was, I mean, it was just kind of funny because, like, you know, it's a guy on commentary, and so he's get the shit beat out of him. But yeah. Mm. Cash but, did a good job, uh, uh, like you said, uh, selling for Jeff. Like, he's good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his, just, like, when he was, yeah, when he time. was. Yeah, when when he had his control segments, I, you know, he did a good job. He's a really good wrestler. Just maybe not on the level of his tag team partner, but you know, that's kind of the problem you guys have, you know, doing a podcast with me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to Forbidden Door, we uh, have a pretty substantial buy-in uh, this time. We've got four matches on the card. Uh, some of them are really weird. We open up with, of all things, The Factory, QT Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Yoshihashi and Heroku Goto. Yeah. This was the, this was the this was the best pro wrestling pre-show I've ever seen. It was like a it was an episode in itself. Like this maybe should have been what, yeah. This may have been what, what what Dynamite should have been or like what a fucking or Rampage. Yeah, or Rampage, same thing. Whatever. Yeah, like it should have been. Like this was fun. This was so much fun. Like it felt like an episode of Rampage. Like a special episode or something, I like. I didn't a lot. get to gauge y'all's reactions to Yoshihashi being on the show. Like, were you were you pumped? Uh, you I will be honest. Out? I will be honest. I was still get everything, getting everything set up during this match gotcha. through the yeah. whole thing. I didn't get to see it at all. I would have. I, I I'm actually gonna go back and watch it because uh, Yoshihashi is really funny looking, but he's really good. He's the <laughs> he is the Wheeler Yuta of New Japan. I wanted to see this, but yeah, I was just getting everything set up because like. I want to have like a comfortable session, like where we we, we hang out and watch, but you know, um, I'm watching with people here as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I want to be in the Discord chatting with you guys, and that's kind of how we do it. But yeah. I, I, I finally figured out a nice little setup where we can watch it on the TV, and I can chat with you guys on the phone, and uh, and then we're all sitting together and stuff like that. It's it's pretty fun. So it worked yeah. out. Yeah, I, but I was, this was a- I was fiddling with this whenever we were went during this match. It was a fun match. I did kind of, there was, the crowd did chant for Yoshihashi, and I kind of chuckled oh, at yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what you'd expect. I mean, obviously, the factor here just a job. It's their role in life. Um, you know what, you know what's funny is that Yoshihashi is, like, when they did, like, some New Japan stuff and Ring of Honor, like, even the while Kenny was champion, uh, Yoshihashi was the challenger. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> he's, he's at least been here before. Yeah. It's worked his way down the card, but yeah. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a world title match with Kenny Omega. Well, I mean, it was funny because I was thinking, like, you know, him and Goto were like the IWGP tag champions not that long ago. Yeah. And now they're just on the pre show against the factory. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, with that, with to be fair, um, they've been doing like the little uh factory versus New Japan feud the dojo, on, the dojo. on Yeah, the dojo guys on New Japan Strong for like yeah. Longer than any of this build has been going on. Yeah, and it's true. And, and with that said, it might be if we wa- went back and watched all of it, it would probably be the best built like match on the entire Forbidden Door card. If you think about it, 
The next match we had was another factory guy, Nick Camaroto versus Lance Archer. So two AEW guys, uh, kind of. I mean, Lance does show up in New Japan, and I guess so does Nick because the factory's been on New Japan Strong a lot. Uh, Kevin Kelly. So, yeah, I guess we'll point that out. Uh, the commentary team for the show was a bit different. Um, it was Taz and Excalibur and Kevin Kelly uh, from New Japan, obviously. They had a few commentators coming in and out. They had, um, I can't remember, the ROH announcer for the ROH tag match. Uh, He's pretty then, good. You know, I'm, I've yeah. come around on him, yeah. Uh, they had Shivani for the Sting match, and then they had uh, JR for the last two matches. Or the last three, I think. Um, and Shivani was uh, late getting out because he needed to rub JR's leg. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah, That's what he but, uh, literally said that. Like it sounds like I'm joking, but I, but I, I wrote this down uh, because like that's what reminded me that Kevin Kelly was on this because he made this really weird line uh, about Nick Camarota. He's like, you know, Nick Camarota would totally fit in the A block for the G1, which the A block's the big guy, all the monsters, him. yeah, yeah. And he's like, it would fit in famously. And then he makes this weird like moan that sounded bizarrely sexual. Who said that? <laughs> Kevin Kelly. He's just like he's like. Kamarota would fit in famously in A block. It's like, mm. it was just like, the <laughs> I gotta go like back and watch this. Thing. Man, I'm like, okay, so I edit this show, and there's, I, if I had more time, I would have an archive of the little noises and stuff that I pull out sometimes. And I swear <laughs> to God, all of us have had moments like that. Oh, I'm sure. Like, uh, sometimes you can't hear it because we'll be talking over each other. So I'll pull something out, you know, yeah. so it doesn't just sound like a total clusterfuck. And yeah. when I'm, if I mute the other tracks, like Doc would be like, uh, uh. <laughs> so I wish I could pull it out. I, I wonder if that, maybe that was what caused it, but like, he just made that, like, it was because, like, like, it fit with the line, but like, I'm like, okay, like, maybe he just really likes seeing big, sweaty dudes just go at yeah. it. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> respect the kink, I guess, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, like, I, 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 with that said, Kevin Kelly, we, we've been critical of his commentary in New Japan, how fucking terrible it is and how bad it sounds. Man, Kevin Kelly in a professional setting with good quality equipment and uh, with other good commentators to bounce off of, this was a completely different Kevin Kelly. He oh, was yeah. fantastic. Like He was excellent on the show as a commentator. He felt like he was having fun. Like yeah. He didn't sound as dorky. He, it's it's not him using just a fucking basic, you know, Yeti with the fucking gain turned all the way up. Like it's it's really it was really good. Like, uh, yeah. So respect to Kelly, Kevin Kelly for you know being presented in a good way. I guess Archer obviously is the guy who you know has to go over here, so he does. Um, he then calls out his G one opponents after the match. We then had um, probably the highlight as far as like just match quality in the pre show. El Desperado and Kanemaru versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Uh, obviously, Kanemaru carried this match. Um, clear highlight, right? Um, I, I mean, like the uh, I, I don't know about that. Like it was. Uh, I thought I thought the match was joke. I thought the match was excellent, and I never thought Kanemaru was bad. He's just not like a. You know, he's not like the fucking marquee guy that you think about when you think. Right. About yeah. I mean, he, he was I, I mean, I think everyone got a really good showcase in this. Yeah. Uh, not so much him. I mean, he did the whiskey spot. But I mean, like anyone could do that in theory. True. Um, he's OK with downing a little bit of whiskey to, you know, spit in their opponent's face. But yeah, I thought this was good. Um, And, you know, kind of you were talking about how like uh, Davey, I think you mentioned that you like Mercedes Martinez, like more a tag team. I kind of feel that way about Keith Lee. I know that was really controversial for a lot of people that he was put in a tag team, but I think he works really well here. Like it, you know, he doesn't have to be in the match like super long because his cardio clearly isn't, you know, a super high level. But, you know, he, he got, you know, 
he does his spots, it hides his weaknesses and whatnot. It, it, it might need to be good. that way because like it might just be like a you know effects of like his COVID recovery and stuff. He might be yeah, it could so, be yeah. This might be what he has to do. Honestly, I, I, I do like point. There was some really insane spots in this match. It's definitely worth like checking out. Um, we were popping big for this, but the uh, sort of the main event of the pre-show was the LA Dojo guys. Um, I don't know who all they were in there. I think the only one I caught the name was uh, Alex Coughlin um, versus yeah. uh, versus Gun Club and the Acclaimed. So, of course, we open up with our new weekly segment. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! The rap. Let's hit the music. Yo, listen. Listen, yo, claimed in the guns, got him interested. We're putting four more names on the injured list, and I'm gonna make <laughs> you call me senpai. You're probably in the dojo watching hentai. Y'all, y'all are not hot at all. Probably too busy watching Shibata's balls. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna teach you on the math, boys. Y'all about to get schooled by a claimed in the ass, boys. Wow, your flow is just fucking legendary. Yeah, it's getting better, man. <laughs> I'm swooning. <laughs> yeah, six mile now. You're up to six oh, mile. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll maybe we'll get maybe we'll hit a ten someday. Uh, maybe washing Chibata's balls. Oh my god. <laughs> this was Dude. this was one of my favorite ones they've done. To be honest. Yeah, it was good. So funny. Watching hentai in the dojo. <laughs> I think uh, I think they, because they went to like the the ring and they just kind of like had a look like yeah you know maybe he's not maybe he's not wrong. <laughs> Boys are full no. baby face. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is such a good act. We do get a weird thing then happens after this. Dan Housen cuts in, says he has a gift for the ass boys, and he plays a new custom entrance. Uh, apparently, this music video he actually uploaded on his YouTube channel like at the start of the year. But uh, uh, Oh. Yeah, because, like, I, because I looked it up because I was kind of curious, and I saw like one from January. I'm like, was it the same one? And it was his YouTube channel, and it, it's like the full music video of, you know, the Ass Boys theme, which is a remix of uh, their dad's theme, more or less, from back of the... Uh, was this during, like, his singles run that he had it? What, the Ass Man, Mr. Ass? This was, like, yeah. during... This was during DX. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. It was so funny that his sons, like, ran to get him. After yeah, they, they, they ran the off to get him, and they never came back. They never came back. <laughs> and they, so, they... Yeah, and, like, so the Ass Boys win two on four yeah. with Max Caster and Billy Gunn. Yeah, Max Castle just takes Dojo. all the heat, and then Billy Gunn, you know, fifty-eight year old Billy Gunn tags in, just demolishes these these guys and wins. <laughs> I didn't like that because it's like it's okay to have them go over, but they suck so bad that they lose two <laughs> on four. I mean, you can yeah. do that. You can do that with some young lions, but you like, can do that with some young young lions. And yeah, but they've got they've got a hot act. You know, this hot act has needed some wins. Like, I guess they're all young lions. I don't it's, understand. I just, I just don't get why they took the fucking ass boys out of the match. It was weird. They couldn't just have Danhausen like be an asshole if they wanted to set <laughs> something up. Like, they can't. Like, did they really need to? Have them them like chase people around the back while they were supposed to have a match. That's so weird. Yeah, it was it was super bizarre. Um, but hey, the match was fun. Billy, I mean, like he's a fifty eight year old, but he's I mean, he's got a body that you know someone half his age would be that won't quit. Life, so, <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> it might quit if he didn't you know supplement it with uh, <sighs> with what nothing. Protein shakes? <laughs> yeah, just protein shakes and hard work. That's what 
That's what he does. Yeah, work hard yeah. and eat clean, bro. Train hard, eat clean. Train hard, eat clean. <laughs> he changed the letters in the word train, but that, that's okay. <laughs> that's that's like, why I said that. Trend, trend, yeah, train yeah. hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck subtlety. Fuck subtlety. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> All right, we we move on to the main show. Uh, they show that Kip Sabian's in the crowd. I joked he'd be the Blackpool Combat Club member. Joey frothed oh, at the mouth. <laughs> did not like that idea. Wait, did um, they? Did we just see him, or did they point it out? They didn't point. They never point him out. You, we just saw him. He's got the yeah. Bag like over I mean, the head. crowd, like the camera, like very clearly shows him. Like mm. it's deliberate, but though the, it's not like commentary is like, oh yeah, there's you know Kip Sabian. You know they they don't point that out, but yeah, we just see him. Uh, it's so, it's so stupid. It's so garbage, dude. What is? What are they trying to do? What is They're this? Setting up a feud between him and Brock Lesnar, Hulk up guy. <laughs> that I would see. Just fucking shoot on the Brock Lesnar, Hulk up guy. Him and the uh, the guy who cried when Punk returned. That's his next feud. <laughs> Oh, I mean, man. I know, I know, like you make fun of that guy, but Davy cried when there was a surprise entrance later in the night. That's true. He got caught. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, so the opening match is the JAS. Uh, well, I guess not totally the JAS, but it's Jericho and Sammy and Minoru Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino. Uh, they did a really nice job, kind of like showing that, like you know, Shota not only is he just you know the meme for like you know hanging off mocks. And whatnot, but um, you know him and Jericho have some history. They show some New Japan footage of him, uh, you know, putting him in the walls uh, in front of his dad and whatnot, and uh, that was kind of nice. And they kind of you know sort of paid that off in the match too. Uh, this was definitely a really nice like coming out thing for Shota, who really I thought was this was like a star making performance from him to be honest. Dude, um, we 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 give Jericho a lot of awesome. shit. Yeah, this match ruled. We give Jericho a lot of shit when it comes to like everything <laughs> but man this was a master class in how to like showcase someone and get them over jericho did like so much to get Shota over and then he gave i generally think jericho was pretty good at that of like maybe the exception of like the mimosa match yeah yeah you are right about that but this this he hit it out of the park and yeah. honestly and, and i think Shota like um on the last an episode where we Review to show to Umino match. Um, you know, we I, I thought I thought he was really good. I fucking saw the potential with him there, and uh, man, like this was this was great. Like they fucking he gave him like the fucking platform. He put him in a position to succeed, and he fucking took the ball and ran with it. And it's gotten better since the last time we saw him too. So that time in Rip Bros is paying off. That's Davy's way of saying like I was wrong about him. No, I mean no. He's not. I, I mean, think I, I just think like Master fair, Watto's gotten better. He's gotten better. You know. Okay. I mean? Master yeah. Watto's I mean, gotten better. Master Watto's gotten better. I mean, right. have you seen him? He's yeah, better. I saw a little bit of him. He's gotten better, and so has Shota. I mean, Shota didn't have to really, you know, do too much here. But I thought uh, Shota was he, better than than the last time we saw him. But I also, I also I mean, think he's working. Like, he's work. He's working. You know, on an excursion in a prestigious, you know, promotion. And he's got he's pay, it's paying off like it's been. I what, think he's four months I think he's the people who are like better at like elevating a guy too. To be honest, like no offense to Jay White, but I think he's not like quite at that level where he can really like make an opponent. That's Jay yeah, Jay White. Yeah, food for thought. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, Jericho is just really old school in that regard, and mm-hmm. he's he's uh he definitely knows how to do it when he wants to. And man, he really did it. This match fucking ruled. Huge thumbs up for this match. Yeah. 
Also, one note I had about this match, too, is, like, this to me highlighted why they brought Sammy to the JAS. When he got tagged in, just a chorus of boos. He might be, like, the most hated heel in the whole company now, which is wild. Oh, yeah. They have to do just something Just from existing. <laughs> yeah. They have to do something with that. I mean, your biggest heel at some point has to take on your biggest baby face. Whether or not you've got him planned for that or slotted for that, that's what makes pro wrestling magic. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this this was great. I mean, like we put over Shota, but I think like everyone in this match was really good. Um, Yuta got some good stuff in. Also, you know, nailed a ramp run later in the show. Oh yeah, he did better than. Oh Eddie yeah, did. it was one of the best <laughs> ramp runs I've ever seen. Dude, it was after like funny. one of the worst from Eddie Kingston. Too. Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> Eddie telling just, you, like, waddled down like a penguin. Still, still haven't seen one better than those TNA ones though. <laughs> I love a good ramp run, dude. Jesus pretty good uh we then had after this uh so they did put over on like just when the match started and this kind of gave away the finish that it was for the advantage of blood and guts so obviously the heels win because you have like war games blood and guts you have to give the heels the advantage unless you're an incompetent booker like vince russo naturally the heels won but the baby faces did look pretty good in this match we then had Rapungi Vice versus FTR versus United Empire for the IWGP and ROH winner take all tag title match. Uh, this was pretty solid. Uh, Caprice Coleman is the ROH announcer. He joined them. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, like, I've had that in my he's notes good. there. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Uh, early on, they kind of uh, they work an injury angle for Dax, which of course, with everything going around the show, made it you know a little bit more believable, just because half the card was taken out by injury and uh yeah i mean this was really solid i mean you have you know just cash like and they're really desperate and of course it's got like the triple a uh triple threat you know tag team rules where it's like only two teams are legal so like there's a spot where he has to like kind of desperately tag in rapungi vice um to deal with like you know the united empire while he you know tries to you know catch his breath and recover uh eventually ftr wins uh with the big rig they now have the hottest hot potato in New Japan, the IWGP tag titles. But uh, that means that, uh, you know, uh, I, I hope that means that um, they're going to Japan. Uh, yeah, that would be I think 100% they would be, yeah. The G1's coming up. They don't really, like, do a whole lot of, like, title defenses during you're, the G1, right? You're, you're right. So, like, they'll do what they'll do is they'll do the G1, and then the G1 final uh, episode or, or show, they'll do, they'll probably have them there. And yeah. then they then they do World Tag League after G1. Okay. So World Tag League is for the heavyweight title, and it's a big tournament for the heavyweight title. I don't know if that means that they're going to be in the tournament or if they're just going to be whoever the challenges, challengers face. But then we also take that to uh, – we go straight into the buildup for Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. So oh, I, I, mean, I, did, I did look this up. Do you guys know how many times the IWGP tag titles have oh, been man. successfully defended in the past year? I'll, okay, I'll I'm gonna Zero? say like three times. Twice. Yeah, wow. Twice, okay. Only two times. Every other time, it has been a title change. Interesting. Holy shit. And to that, they could lose it on New Japan Strong or something in the states. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. <laughs> they could. They say we're talking about like another like a Jap- uh, Japan wanting to do New Japan wanting to do a, a Japanese version of uh, Forbidden yeah. Door and hosting they, they Japan. Said they- yeah, they really want that would be great because after this, I wanted more so bad. I wanted, mm-hmm. I didn't want to watch Dy- like I didn't want to tune into Dynamite and see the next Dynamite build up. I wanted to see the Dynamite New Japan build up. I wanted to see more. Well, like, I think and AEW like, New Japan. And this is just a general thought I had about the show as a whole. But this felt like a 
beautiful fusion of styles between AEW and New Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these guys have worked there, but, like, I felt like the production style was, like, it felt like this melding of it. Like, just the match styles where it was, you know, maybe yeah. a little bit more fast-paced for the American audience compared to New Japan, which is not always so fast-paced. Uh, but you still had, like, a lot of, like, the great, you know, just wrestling from mm-hmm. there, too. It felt like this really nice, like, blending of styles. It was great, yeah. And what some a- of the booking decisions in terms of the finishes would mm-hmm. lead you to believe that there will be a Japanese equivalent where New Japan will get some of their wins back because this was, like, AEW was going over New Japan pretty hard on this show. Yeah. Also- I was curious about, I was, <clears throat> and I was very curious about how they were going to handle that, and they handled it with, Home team getting most of the wins, but the big, but the one of the biggest wins, the world title at least, was one guy. Well, okay, I mean each one have the world title, but one thing that they also, if nothing else, that they don't do one in Japan, they also said they wanted this to be an annual event. Yeah, so I suspect we will be getting um, multiple Forbidden Doors in the future, or maybe in other shows called something some, else. And yeah, with like that some forbidden said, windows, some forbidden windows, <laughs> right? And, and, and with that said, like. Forbidden peepholes. <laughs> now, even if AEW guys, like more AEW guys went over, this was such good exposure. Oh, and yeah. It, this did so much more for New Japan than it even did for AEW. Like, this was big for New Japan, especially business-wise. Like, I bet you subscriptions are going to go up like crazy for uh, New Japan World. This has been, like, big business for them. This is bigger than any pay-per-view or anything that Access has done. For New Japan in America, this was huge for them. So, yeah. like, I saw people talking about it and asking questions, and some people, like, most people were being respectful, like on Reddit and stuff like that. They were asking about Shibata and asking about, like, you know, who's this guy? Tell me about him. Why is he such a big deal? Stuff like that. So much interest. So, so yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe AEW uh, got over, but this was such a bigger thing for New Japan than it was for anyone else. So, was there a ja- there was a Japanese commentary for the show, right? There was, yes. yeah, yeah. I know Milano Collection AT was on it, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I know. I, don't know who uh, else. I only saw one clip where it was like during the uh, IWGP thing, where like one of the commentators was just like marking out hard for Adam. Yeah, Cole. it was Milano Collection AT. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they also had the Japanese announcer too, which was pretty nice. That was uh, great for all the matches. It was. And it, he really like he was, it was getting pops for just yeah, just it was, for announcing uh, names. Yeah, it was right around. Uh, it was like for the 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 uh, world title matches, like where they were like him and Justin Roberts were like really making a big deal. It almost felt like they were competing to like, oh, yeah. like say battle, the name of yeah. more. Yeah, and <laughs> it was like it was like a really polite rap battle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. Um, but next match, and like you know, speaking of making a new Japan guy, even though he didn't necessarily go over the All Atlantic Championship match, uh, Malachi Black versus Pack versus Miro versus Clark Connors, who filled in for Ishii since Ishii. Uh, uh, had the knee injury devastating um, by the way yeah but you know this is probably okay. the biggest showcase like clark has had like probably the biggest match of his oh, career yeah. so far for sure no doubt no doubt and you know what they booked this so perfect so like oh yeah the match he was getting the shit kicked out of him and you just knew like they built it so perfect you knew he had a big spot coming where they were really gonna like like highlight him and stuff like that because they knew exactly what they what it was going into it a guy that people haven't even seen. They haven't. He hasn't been on any of the build-up shows. He's been on New Japan Strong. He hasn't even really been on like New Japan proper at all. Uh, but he is one of their dojo guys. They knew exactly what they had here. So when they built it up during this match, him getting beat up, they're like, "Oh, this guy's not so great." Whatever. Maybe if you're first time seeing him. But then they fucking like made what he did so special. 
And uh, man, another master. Well, even class, when he was even getting... when he was getting beat up, I loved like like there's the spot with like him and Miro where he's just like going at him, and Miro's yeah. just no selling. And I thought that was just like he did that so well, mm-hmm. like just like playing this guy who's like just like yeah, I can't do shit to this dude. But yeah, yeah he gets his spot, his showcase spot. Um, he doesn't go over. He does take the pin, but uh, he he it's such a fucking awesome spot. So the ending of the match, um, Miro uh gets the game over on Pack, but Pack reaches the ropes. He tries to do a second one. Malika hits the black mass, uh, but then Clark Connors um gets him with something. Pack hits a four fifty on both of them, and then locks uh the brutalizer in on Clark, and he gets the win. Yeah, Clark at one point had a comeback that had the crowd going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a feel good moment. The fact that he's not quite there yet, he wasn't able to keep that momentum going and keep the crowd into it. And they died off during his short control segment yeah. before it was over. You might think um, that that would make him look like a jobber, but this did not make him look like a jobber. It made him look like somebody that you need to keep your eye on. Well, the fact that they were going nuts for him and he was yeah. able to, to get it there at least uh, mm-hmm. is testament to that. And yeah, you're right. This was. I love that guy. I like him better than um, I like him better than Carl Fredericks. But um, you were real big on Carl Fredericks at first. I was really big on Clark Connors at first. I liked Carl Fredericks too, but Clark's been the guy. I don't like his gimmick. His like not just because like I'm a vegan or whatever. I just think it's he's a like weird... a croc. Like his, I mean, he's like a hunter. Like it's yeah, like, trophy kills. Yeah, his, it's real uh, Skinner. Yeah, Skinner. Finisher, like I mean, it's yeah, just like, it, to me, it's just a case of like them giving their young lions something to work with. So they can learn. Yeah. I don't know if this is like something that he's all about or anything like that. I mean, they why do not that. a whaler gimmick? They do that. <laughs> oh my god! They do that. That'd a lot be a little more Japan. culturally uh, relevant, right? <laughs> yeah. They do that often in New Japan, and I guess it's up to the wrestler to kind of run with it or whatever. Yeah, they like do what they do well like, better than in Japan. Kush- yeah, Kush- Kushida. Like you know, they were like, "Oh, your gimmick is you're a guy that likes Back to the Future." <laughs> yeah, you watch all three movies. You've seen, seen all the three. movies <laughs> and the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. that's literally what it is no joke yeah, that is, I, I mean I didn't even think about that before but like the minute you said it and I was just thinking about Kushida I was like fuck that's his gimmick like, yeah it's like his his move is called the hoverboard lock like oh it's are you sure they gave him that gimmick he didn't have anything to do with that like like, like, you, he, like you think that he like just he actually on, like, loves that's, that's Back to the Future that much to award somebody but they do award that I mean look at somebody look at look, <laughs> yeah, I mean like, he's he's a New Japan trainee I mean look at Look at um like evil. They gave him. They just called him evil, and they but said, seen, "Run with it." Okay, but we've seen wrestlers that have some creative control with their character, and so often they do some cringy fucking pop culture reference shit, whether it's like a video game entrance or whatever. So I I just have a hard time thinking that like Gato's gonna give him a Back to the Future game or whoever is gonna give him a Back to the Future game. That Dude. seems like some some personality shit involved you think so but like they I, I think they do that think about the gimmicks. just think about the gimmicks think about Hiromu's gimmick do you think he's really a punk rock guy or do they yeah, think I they mean, said I, you're I, just gonna I, be a punk rock guy we'll just he listens to Os Rotten no <laughs> just, yeah that's what I'm saying like you know he doesn't and they just they just like they give him a fucking I, no, jacket can, with some can, patches like pre-made dude, patches they're like who like you google who punk bands are so they buy some patches and they throw them on his jackets come on dude. i don't have a hard time believing that that dude likes punk rock come on it's not like you know he's coming out there with an ass suck fucking you know, patch <laughs> on his you know what i mean like he's uh i don't know, you know man it's not like it's like really deep cutty and I mean, punk rock has a rich history in japan it's it's not uh it's not a far Try to believe that Romo listens to punk rock. 
I don't know, dude. I think like, but I think like you think about. I'm I'm just saying, think about them in like comparison to other gimmicks in New Japan. You got, you know, evil. They just said, okay, you're evil. That you're so see what happens. We'll give you some party city here, <laughs> and then you're evil, and it's up to you to make something. They of gave them an English name too. They did so it with like, like think about Okada. They're like, okay, Okada, you like money, so you're the rainmaker. May you make it rain, and he it's up to him to fucking take something and run with it. All and, and these are all young lion guys, all of them. It's all the young lion. You like money, yeah. Maybe he just yeah. maybe he just makes Okada, money. you like that's, money. That's the. Okada, you're a money, you're 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 money man or whatever the fuck. They just give them an idea and like they they fucking use it. It's something to use. It's not an uncommon practice. Even in America, like some guys that cut into the business, they're like I, they don't know who they are. They're like, okay, you're this guy. They did it with, like that's what Jungle Boy is. They said that um, he was just a uh, you know Jack Perry or whatever, and they said that somebody saw him doing like the little like crouch that he does in the corner. And they were like, "You look like a jungle kid," or something like that. And he, they just started calling him Jungle yeah, Boy. Yeah, but but, um, but there's not any one rule of thumb for how people. There's get not, but, but I'm I just have a hard you, time believing someone would get a Back to the Future game. But the evil I'm thing, I mean, they you. use an English word that's like calling us calling like uh, a wrestler like Akuno or something, which I think is evil in Japanese. It sounds cool, Akuno, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's that to it, but so like there's some there's some cultural stuff. It's not like us. Like it's not like if um. Lance Archer debuted in AEW as a guy named like Mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mean. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that. I don't know. With all the cringy character work I've seen in the U.S., where guys are with fucking Kenny Omega is maybe you know the most wanted on this list. He's fucking Monster Pop's most wanted fucking cringy fucking gimmick. Who is? Like Kenny Omega, just like with all his like his revolving door of like video game gimmicks and stuff. He's Monster Pops number one most cringe. You're the only one that's cringed out by number one most wanted in that in in regards to like having you know fucking like cringy pop culture. I think he's. You can tell. You can tell. Okay, by his references and stuff like that, you can tell that he's somebody that actually does. Like you're the only one that thinks that, but out of the three of us, I think. But I think, like, no, I'm telling you, man, like, it's definitely a thing. It's 100% a thing there. Like, they do that. Look, think about every, like, if we went down a list of all of their, every single one of their, like, young lions that have come up, you're going to get, like, some weird stuff like that. And it could be down to somebody being like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to, like, what should I be? Yeah. You know, like, like maybe they're like, okay, we'll just give you something. To, to interview uh, Gato on the show sometime. And they, they grab something from American culture because it's just it's loud. It's a loud. You, yeah. grabs, you know, it's loud for Japanese culture. Like they're not having people coming out with like a fucking Voltron gimmick or something like that. I mean, I guess they had Jushin Liger was a was a Power Ranger. It's up to them to like make it something, make it their own. I don't know if he's supposed to be a Power Ranger or just you know one of those types of. That's what it was. I mean, even yeah, even it's like supposed to be like a Japanese superhero type thing. Like, yeah, yeah or like what, you, know, you know what the genre is called, but yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what I mean. Genre, yeah. yeah. Like the it's those like yeah it's the genre of it's, but that's a, yeah it's exactly what it's supposed to be though like it's mm-hmm. they they give them they just give them something to work with and it's up to them to make something of it. All right, I think we can move on to the next match. Uh, honestly, I think this might have been like the funnest match on the card. Uh, we had Pullet Club, uh, the Young Bucks, and ELP with uh, us um, versus the Dudes of Attitude. Um, since you know Hiromu was off, they just put Hikaleo to uh, the outside. He's just a manager. There for ringside, 
Uh, this was just a lot of fun. You have, at first, like, Sting doesn't come out. We're all kind of wondering where's Sting, and then you see, like, this, uh, it looks like he's up in the rafters, but he's actually, you know, it's like his bat signal, basically, and he jumps from the entrance uh, tunnel onto Bullet Club. Uh, there's just a lot of, like, cool stuff here. The ELP does, like, this ludicrous buildup, um, like, just does, like, all these flips into what Kevin Kelly calls the Epidermis Destroyer. <laughs> it's a back rake. Uh, yeah. it's a, yep. <laughs> We've seen and him think, do this before, but yeah. the, the crowd, the American crowd got to see it live. And, and yeah, I think the, the Bucks used to do this, right? They did you know, it first. If they needed a third fill-in, what the, like, what the fuck? They couldn't get RoboCop to come in there and help Sting out? <laughs> what the fuck? RoboCop's not cool with Sting anymore? They got heat? <laughs> Could you imagine, like, if we just get, like, some episode of, like, Dynamite, where, like, Sting Robo- and uh, Darby are getting beaten down, and, like, RoboCop comes out. And they got JR. Yeah. They got <laughs> they have JR on commentary. Yeah, they do have JR. <laughs> hey, here comes RoboCop. <laughs> hey, RoboCop's coming. He's coming to help Sting. Oh Dude, God. RoboCop and his buddy Sting. I feel Tony. like early, if if not for well, the good. fact that they would have to pay for some like you know I, an IP license, I think early AEW Robocops is not that like expensive that. anymore. Oh yeah, Robocops. It no, yeah, it's it like is. twenty bucks. We could get Robocop to show up at like a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> we should have got Robocop ha- for yeah, my birthday yeah, yeah, hangout. Yeah. Oh my god! I happen to know it's very expensive, but anyway, let's go on. I have some insight there. So anyway, do you? Hear, let's hear it. I want to know more about RoboCop's. No, I've just I've heard about like Arrow Video li- licensing RoboCop for release and how it's like one of their most expensive licenses. So oh, yeah, I mean, wow, you'd be su- you would be surprised. Like, there's a lot of like licenses that you'd think have like zero pop culture reference, but like the license holders are just like no. Like, Dude, if you had an, anyone of a certain age, you say RoboCop, they know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, it's yeah. a huge IP. Yeah. If you have an IP that everyone knows what it is, it's not cheap. Yeah, it's at you least know? recognizable and whatnot. Yeah. Even if people don't really like know the movie anymore, they at least know yeah. the character. It's not like fucking Evil Ernie or something. <laughs> Eventually, Dudes of Attitude win. Uh, Shingo picks up the win for his team uh, onto ELP. This was a fun match. There was a there was one spot that did get fucked up. Um, <laughs> Sting makes like his own comeback on the Bucks, takes them out, and uh, like. ELP is like celebrating because like you know oh, they won you know this crippled old man is this beat. Is, this is one of the funniest botches <laughs> of all time. So he turns around and he's like scared because like Sting's there, but Sting then steps out of the ring because he missed. A you're spot. bearing you're bearing the lead here. Okay, okay. One, let me say let me say this. One, I was very excited to see El Phantasma on the show. He's my favorite up and comer. It was awesome to see him in an American crowd like this. Like fucking awesome. Like a fucking peek into f- a f- the future, because he's gonna be somebody one day. But yeah, so ELP does this fucking stuff where he's just doing all this like and like chicken shit heel stuff, and he tries to to fucking tw- give uh, Sting a nipple twister, and Sting no sells it. They do this stuff, whatever, blah 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 blah, and then they do the fucking like chicken shit heel thing where he doesn't realize the baby face is behind him, so he turns around and looks scared. And Sting misses his fucking cue, and he's supposed to give him the fucking nipple twister back. The nipples. This was supposed to be. He missed the nipple spot. So Sting fucking well, like he did get Sting it. Sting fucking yeah. Sting was like leaving the ring when this was happening. Completely forgot. Like it was like it's not one thing where he's like, oh shit, I forgot my spot. Like he completely forgot his spot to the point where he got down and rolled out of the ring, completely facing the opposite direction of El Phantasma. While El Phantasma was like. 
like, oh, it's Sting. He's still up. <laughs> like, like I didn't know he was there. And he's like reacting to Sting just like doing the slowest, chillest, I'm tired walk out of the ring I've ever seen. And then he's like, oh, fuck. And he has to roll in the ring while El Phantasm is still selling that he's right there and then finally gives him the nipple twister. Oh, my God. You've got to make the adjustment, right? Oh, Sting my God. All like, well, yeah, I guess uh, i got to have my Werther's <laughs> original. <laughs> Werther's original. <laughs> this is time for a treat. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, though, like, I mean, and to be fair, that, like, did, I mean, this was mostly a comedy match anyways. Yeah, he missed a spot. It was really awkward. What are you going to do? Did you think this was a good showcase for ELP? Hell yeah, it was. I, th- I mean, I, okay, yeah. let me say, let me, it's not the best showcase. He's better than this. He doesn't have to do all this comedy stuff. He's very good. He's got a lot of personality, and he did do some really cool shit. He even did, like, the tightrope walk. But, I mean... It wasn't the best showcase because, again, a be- the best showcase would have been him in a singles match against, like, a, a Darby versus uh, ELP would have been way better. But oh, and like every time that they were in the ring together, you could tell they were like teasing, like, oh yeah, you're gonna have this match someday, and it's gonna be fucking great. Yeah, and you know, but at the same time, it was it wasn't a bad showcase of him at all. I think people liked him. And then he gets the yep, he gets the rub from the Young Bucks. Yeah, it, it turned out real good. He's a great fit for a third. Uh, for the Young Bucks, if they ever need a third, though. I mean, he mm-hmm. fits right in. Yeah. Yeah. If you're putting together a modern-day DX, he'd be a guy that you'd put in. 100%. Uh, after the match, we get a uh, backstage segment. Uh, Tony is talking to Shota Umino, talking about you know, how, you know his star-making performance and whatnot. Then 2.0 shows up. They express their respect for him, and then Jericho hits him with a fireball because he's a wizard. Another example that they're probably going to keep going with something. Oh, yeah. I think that that's pretty safe to assume we then have tony storm versus Funderosa for the aew women's title uh Funderosa's gear this time looks like straight up like an aztec warrior it was pretty uh cool looking can i say uh, one I more thing a- about that last little segment yeah also like the fact that he did that um it made like in in the way they got um shota over that made it a match that i think anybody would look forward to is a singles match between shota and jericho and it makes shota look like a big deal and nobody's gonna be like, oh, Shoda, like that was yeah, that was cool. Right. All right, sorry. Well, I mean, can't say nobody because yeah, you know, there's always those stick in the muds. But, but yeah, we've got Thunderosa and Tony Storm for the AEW's women's title. Uh, I thought this was pr- a pretty solid match. Um, I noticed this and the Shafir match. Uh, Tony still has like the you know the hip attack, ass attack, whatever you want to call it, but she now uh, forecasts it a bit more. You know, does a little bit of a slapping of the ass and then goes for it. Um, and again, like every time just looks like insane whiplash. Uh, but somehow everyone emerges from it okay. And Rosa wins with the final reckoning, which is uh, one of Dustin's moves. Apparently they're really kind of putting over the whole like Dustin mentorship uh, storyline now ever since like the deep feud. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see like what the destination for that is. Uh, Rosa versus uh, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, there we go. Did you like this match, Dave? Yeah, but uh, didn't exactly feel like it fit in on this card. I saw something online that said Tony Khan said that he wanted to use stardom talent for the show, but apparently, like, there was a lot of problems with their visas, and most of the other ones that didn't have problems with their visas, they were already booked. Yeah, they did have a show that weekend, I think. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, I mean, it, like, I was kind of like, I wasn't sure if it was that or like, I I didn't think it was lack of interest. I know like stardom is just kind of branded weird i feel like at least when it comes to 
I mean, maybe it's branded really well in Japan. I don't know. I mean, unless um, you're but, unless you're bringing like I mean, it's it's another thing. If if people don't really know who these people are, then it doesn't even matter. Like you just bring in some good talent and they work with your American talent, and then yeah. But I mean, I just mean like the fact that like I mean, because I remember that they were on like Wrestle Kingdom, but it was like not on the New Japan feed. Oh right, yeah. It was like a dark match. Like that's what right. I mean. Is like they don't like they're kind of kept hidden. I think that and that's I, probably because of some red tape though with their remaining contracts after um, Bushi Road acquired from Stardom. If you're Tony and you know that you're going to do this pay per view pretty far in advance, and we at least know that he's known about it for you know three months, mm-hmm. you know, if if he announced it the same day, like he closed the deal, don't you know that you need a women's match, and don't you really start working immediately to get you, all you have to do is get one woman over from stardom. Yeah. One of the top 10 women over. But if they're, if they're running their big, if they're running their big show, they might need their stars there. If like, if they had already had that in advance, usually you book like a year in advance. I just don't see why stardom wouldn't be like, we're going, we're going to forego one of our big stars to get them on the fucking, like to get this massive fucking publicity for our promotion. Well, that's such an easy trade. That's true. What's weird too is, uh, and Rosa talked about this on the scrum is she's going to Japan for a bit for like Tokyo Joshi Pro. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I think that from what I understand, the plan is that she's going to have like a match against, I can't remember her name, but it's like one of their big stars. She's going to have a match there and then a match probably in the States on Dynamite. Cool. She also, she also yeah. mentioned uh, Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. She, she name dropped. Like, yeah. She name dropped Taya Valkyrie and Taya Valkyrie just won like, another women's champion. I saw a picture yeah, she's of her. Got a bunch. Yeah. I saw, I saw a picture and she has pretty much every, like other promotions fucking championship except wwe's and aews she's got mlw's she's got everybody's well i guess roh's as well but she's got a fuck ton like yeah from 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 mexico from everywhere so insane good for her honestly she's great yep so then that takes us to the iwgp us title match which uh, previously in the show juice robinson said was merely a number one's contenders match because, you know, the whole mess of that title's in. But Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. And boy, did this match deliver. Told you so, Joey. Yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, this fucking ruled. I, you know what? I still think it would have been better if it was if it was like a Danielson or something. Or even a Joe. Can you imagine Osprey versus Mojo? Yeah, Samoa okay, Joe? yeah. And, that, yeah, and, yeah. and it was never, and it was, I, it's not that I thought, I, I think uh, poorly of Orange Cassidy. I know he can work. I just didn't feel like he was the, the, the level of Will Osprey. And I still don't think that. With that said, this match did not disappoint. It was phenomenal. It might be the best match on the show. I think it might have been the best match on the show. Absolutely was, I mean, fucking phenomenal. It was definitely a contender. And like the show, like, you know, it. I don't think there's a match on the show that if you told me it was your favorite match, I would like scoff at it, to be honest. True. Ushihashi and Goto versus the oh, factory. Okay, fine. Fair to be enough. fair, I didn't see the match. <laughs> that yet, was fine. So. That was fine. Um, okay. But on the actual show, I mean, and this this was fucking awesome. I mean, this like they did pretty much all of their stuff, right? They whipped out all their moves. Uh, I guess Orange never got off the Orange Punch. Uh, there's one spot where uh, Osprey uh, sticks his hand in uh, Orange's pocket. Maybe a little too long. Looked like, you know, I know wrestling does have a reputation of looking homoerotic at times, and this, this, this came close. Every time um, he puts his hands in his pockets, it looks like he's fucking fiddling around with his wiener. But like when someone else is like just shit, like the way he was just shoving his hand down there and was like taking a minute, I was like, man, like what's he? I, I, I think he was doing that. He was supposed to be looking for something, and he pulled out the middle finger. Yeah, but I, I know what he was trying to do, but it, you can't deny the visual. I don't know. 
but this is awesome of course um osprey does go over there was a little bit of interference from ozzy open but uh after the match there is a beat down uh the best friends try to make the save they fail and of course what music hits but shibata's Kevin Kelly puts over, there was a guy in the crowd, and I believe they showed this guy in, earlier in the show who had a sign that, like, if I hear Shibata's music, I'll cry. <laughs> so, you know, they they should have had some tears. Um, Shibata was awesome in this brief segment. I mean, they avoided the head, but he was pretty physical, took down these Aussie guys, um, and uh, Will. Orange puts the sunglasses on him, gives him the thumbs up, and... <laughs> That was that. I mean, so Chibata is in the best friends now. How can you deny yeah. <laughs> that that there's not a market for New Japan in America? And I didn't think about this before because I was listening to Meltzer talk about this, and he was like, you know, Shibata was before New Japan was really big over here. Yeah, I mean, the like, but the crowd like that music hit. People did people their knew. research. They knew. They did their research. They looked back. I bet a lot of people saw that. Um, they know what happened to him. But the, I bet a lot, like, I know I see that Ishii versus Shibata match get passed around a lot. Yeah, man, like, people knew. And how do you deny that New J- that there's a market here for New Japan when this show, it, when this arena was packed, they probably could have sold even more tickets. It fucking sold out immediately. And then everybody knew who a guy that hasn't been prominently featured in New Japan in years, people reacted to him this way. They knew who he was as soon as his music hit. They knew his music, everything. Like, how can you fucking deny it now? Nobody can deny it. And uh, this yeah. fucking ruled, man. We were pumped. Nobody can deny that New Japan is, like, you know, over in America? Or no, nobody can deny that Chibata is over? Both, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But, well, because, like, I mean, I would say, like, because, like, I mean, yeah, like, you know, we've mentioned, you know, he hasn't been fe- prominently featured. His injury was before, like, New Japan was particularly, like, a kind of known quantity over it, here. It was, before, it know. was post Kenny Omega, but it was only, it was like two months after that Kenny Omega match was his last oh, match. Was it? Yeah, because it was, a uh, it was Sakura Genesis, which is, um, okay, which is after New Beginning, which is their, their next big show after wrestle kingdom that match had happened or the kenny omega versus okada match the first one happened you know the month before that at that wrestle kingdom then we had new beginning then you have sakura genesis so it was only like two months after that match happened and that's when people were really like starting to find out so it was kind of before but it was still after so is this just an appearance a feel-good appearance for chibata or are they working back to getting him you know into uh the main card or a big angle or the main event scene. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I, I think this is probably, if I had to guess, he might be like sort of like an attraction, maybe. Like, you know, they whip him out every, you know, so often, like maybe a dome show here and there, but probably not like a full time. That would make sense. As long as they do it, like, I'm just being selfish. I mean, as long yeah. as he does, as long as, long as he is an attraction that, that gets a big, a big match. Wait, he stayed in shape. He looks great. Fuck, man. Like, I, I hope. We see a Shibata return, but I also hope he's safe and healthy. Right. How fucking pumped were we to see this? Like this was this was we, awesome. Our like, fucking just... Discord was going wild. I know I was fucking jumping out of my seat. Yeah, it was just like this perfect accent to like you know what was already a really great match. Yeah, th- th- this was the most perfectly booked thing on the show for sure. That means Shibata versus Will. I God, I hope. Oh my God, could you the imagine? Future. Could you imagine? It has to be the. I mean, it has to be the angle, right? The direction from here. Or how about we get an angle where Shibata is on AEW TV going forward and Orange Cassidy is teaching him about hipster culture? He does. Right? He does. It's like, com- it's like comedy stuff. Oh, no. And like he takes him to 7 Eleven and he's like, 
All right, you got like, to be your fair. Seven Eleven's pretty big in Japan. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know you're, you're right. But he takes him to um, I don't know. He takes him to QT and he's like showing him around <laughs> QT. Fucking, he's like, this is a freezeroni, bro. Don't waste the juice. The freezeroni. <laughs> Um, I could, I could honestly see him being featured on Dynamite going forward. He does live in America, and he, uh, you know, he's, so you want to see the Orange Cassidy fucking Shibata odd couple comedy segment? Honestly, <laughs> if if it, if it means Shibata's on the show, I, I can't say I wouldn't want to see it. All right, like, Davey, sh- is that Shibata, better or worse than Hook Danhausen? It's better, but and, and only because I want to see where. Orange Cassidy is showing Chabata the freezeronis, <laughs> and he and he drinks one too fast, and his head starts hurting or whatever, and he gets worried because of his injury, because he gets brain freeze. <laughs> He's asking Orange what's happening to him. Okay, oh you think you, you think brain freeze doesn't exist in Japan? <laughs> like nobody ever had anything cold in Japan in their life. Hey, I don't care. That's my that's. What you know what? If I'm Vince Russo, if I'm Vince Russo, this this is what I'm doing. <laughs> He said, what's happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Yeah, what is this brain freeze? What the hell? This is so bad. They don't have All food right. that cold in Japan. It doesn't get that oh cold. My oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, that then takes us to ZSJ versus his mystery opponent, and it is Claudio Castagnoli, the former Cesaro the former former the former cesaro the former (laughs) claudio casano the (laughs) former one half of kings of wrestling yes uh the crowd goes absolutely i love the way they did this like the crowd goes nuts and like you don't see him yet but then they move they show him for his entrance uh he poses with the camera guy that everyone thought was him uh i thought that was kind of funny uh and they they had a fucking great match like this is uh this might have been my match of the night. This was just so good. Yeah, I mean, and I, I there were I saw some people questioning like Claudio for this fifth. They're like, well, is he really like a technical wrestler? Of like, course, of course he about? is. Like, he is. So- but it wasn't it wasn't super on display in this match though. So I can understand people that didn't know Fair saying enough. that. And we talked about this a little bit. ZSJ's matches, he often frustrates the bigger wrestlers uh, and the main event wrestlers by constantly reversing their shit, constantly reversing their shit, and it's kind of like his thing and probably because it's claudio's AEW debut he's not doing that as much here he's giving him more he's mm-hmm. not reversing as much of his shit which by the way kayfabe check it works because he didn't yeah. know who his opponent was going to be that's yeah, yeah that's true that's true and you know what like that might be the only reason why i mean it was this was fucking great that might be the only reason why this was like not as good as the as osprey versus orange cassidy with that said, it's 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 they're fucking neck and neck. So, but I I would give the slight edge to Cassidy versus um versus Osprey. I think I agree with that. But man, it's it's we were talking about this earlier with guys coming over who you know were wasted in WWE, and you know what? Every once in a while, they would use him in a way that was satisfying over there, but it was few and far between. But yeah, like I, my, no. my favorite my favorite Cesaro moment was you know job into a seven year old. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was, that's not one of the times they, you know, whatever, and the Cesaro section thing was a little goofy, but every once in a while, you know, they put him in um, Elimination Chamber or whatever for the title, you Mm -hmm. know, something, or they would showcase him in a way that made sense, and the crowd 
often loved him, so it was just maddening. And I think we'd heard reservations about his accent and shit like that, which is just stupid Vince McMahon think or whatever. Yeah. But um, I mean, we heard it. He, he but, talked on the media scrum, and there's zero problem with his accent or ability to speak English. With that said, I do remember. Oh, when, absolutely! Yeah, he's great. He's a great communicator. Yeah. With there's that no said, I, he's English. With that said, I remember when he was in Ring of Honor and he was about to leave for WWE for the first time, and he talked on the microphone, and he his English was actually atrocious. And like he goes, he goes, I'm really sorry, I do not speak English. From going from huh. that to like how well spoken he is now, insane, insane. Well, this guy's not human. It's crazy. And he speaks there was, multiple like, languages. He cardio in this match too. I mean, like like physically, this guy is not a fucking human. No, no man, and his, yeah, and his strength. Level. And his strength, like, oh, my God. He doesn't even look like he's as strong as he is, and he still looks strong. Oh, yeah. You know, insane. Yeah, he's extreme. Yeah, he's fucking strong as shit. So now going forward, we're in another situation where you've got a guy that, you know, to the layman idiot watching casually on TV, you know, who knows him from Raw or SmackDown or whatever, and then what do you do with him? Do you have to – what do you do, I guess, to to get him over before he starts having – he is. Yeah. I think he needs it less because he yeah. was always like, fe- he was featured at least. He was just never like given really his due in WWE. And I think he was always like, I mean, you know, you hear about like the lapsed fan and whatnot. And, you know, I think there's like a younger lapsed fan that like, you know, he appeals to, right? Where it was like, this is like a guy who, you know, in like the, you know, mid 2010s, like everyone was just like, oh, he's going to have like his breakout moment and it just never yeah. came. He was even getting over with that crowd. Like, yeah, but he was, yeah. but, but I mean, Miro, Miro had a bigger spot than, true. than Cesaro ever did. And that's so, true. And he still has that problem. But Miro's not as good as Cesaro. And here's the thing no. it's so, when we talk, when you talk about people being wasted in WWE, uh, Cesar or uh, Claudio is the number one guy. He is number so. one on that list, so. and everybody fucking knows it. Everybody, this is this could not be more overdue. It went on for so long. It went on yeah. for a decade. Yeah. It wasn't like um, if Andrade got wasted for a decade, maybe we'd be saying it was him. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, it has nothing to do with how good he is, and it just has to do with his spot on one show mm-hmm. and how does that affect. That's the thing is, I think perception. I think people know it. It's just it's been so long overdue that people are going to accept it no matter what. I, and I, I see, I, I just see a lot of idiots on TV saying, you know, he was nutting and uh, on Twitter and shit. He was nutting on this, and now he's y'all's champion. You saw that? Yeah, yeah. I see that kind of sentiment oh, all the time yeah. from, from idiots. Oh yeah, yeah. Personally, I don't think you should lend any credence any of that. And if you bring Cesaro over, I don't care if he was jobbing on two hundred five live. He's as good as he is. Put him in your your put him in your heavy rotation. I mean, I think that's that's guys. a line that can be crossed. Like, right? Like, I mean, that's like so far down the down the card that like you know like, I don't. I mean, I guess like what would the equivalent be like a Tony Nese? I mean, well, he wasn't necessarily jobbing, but like he's not on like a huge spot on like the AEW card. Correct, correct. But I'm just, just saying, just, I'm know, just using that as an example yeah. of I don't care what happened in, in WWE. Sure, I don't care if he barely made it on TV. If he's as good as he is. And you feel like that? Who cares if you know it, if if somebody says it makes your promotion weak because he was jobbing? And now it's it. Everybody knows. At the end of the day, everyone knows the, the deal with professional wrestling now in the postmodern era. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry for the. I feel real bad about the people who look at AEW and say, "Well, 
he wouldn't win in the belt on W. I feel sorry for those people because uh, they've got a lot wrong with them. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably, probably more than we're letting on wrong with but them. It, but. <laughs> but, but, and I guess that just goes back to my question of do they really need to spend time establishing him as something more than he was in another promotion in order to get him where he needs to be I don't, here. I don't think so. Even I, though he's as good as he well, is. Well, because I, no, I think when, on the when, card, he's probably in like sort of a similar place. Like, I mean, he's going to be a member of a top faction, This is uh, a, which I would say is better, but it's just like, I think it's just the environment is better, right? You're going to get him in great matches. Um, you know, he, on the media scrum, he said he's a kid in a candy store, right? Yeah. He's like, what do you, who do you want to see me wrestle? Like, I don't care. Like, I'll wrestle anybody. And, he, and on top of that, like, with all the injuries and stuff like that, they have a chance with this guy to sl- to, yeah. to take his momentum from debuting. They drop the ball a little bit with Keith Lee. They drop the ball a little bit with, like, in any of these ex-WWE guys that came in where they were more over when they showed up than they are now. And... They have a chance to ride that momentum straight to the top with Cesar with uh, with Claudio. And I also think this is like one of the strongest debuts of those. To be fair, like, that, yeah. I mean, because like there's there's like I mean, wrestling is a little you know there's a science behind it. Right? There's a little bit of a formula to how you introduce someone, and like they've done like the intro- introduction through a match, right? That's how they brought in Keith Lee. But like uh-huh. this was like I mean, the stars really fucking aligned to make this feel like such a big deal, like. You know, but just like he's brought in on a pay per view in like this marquee match, he does fucking phenomenal. Like, I mean, this. I mean, I think I remember what two years ago he had the singles match against Rollins at Mania, and we were like, "Oh, that was the best match on Mania." This blew that out of the water. Oh, like yeah, it wasn't even close. Yeah, this is way. Yeah, this was like, way better. So like he he has that, and then his next match is Blood and Guts. Like he's gonna get such like this is like such a like explosive debut and. I mean, this is like it's so exciting to like see him like in this role. To be honest, agreed. Yeah, I haven't spent as much time just because of everything that's been going on. I haven't really stopped down to appreciate that, but it is very exciting. What a summer it's gonna be! What a summer it's been already. Yeah. Oh, the G one coming up. Yeah. Man, G one will be is the best wrestling you see all year, most of the time. So. And we did. We didn't talk about it in this match at the very beginning when he hits uh, his uh, WWE finisher on ZSJ almost immediately. Yeah, that's a th- that, that's... <laughs> Joey's like, "What ZSJ jobbing like this?" Like, no, I bought. I, I honestly, bought with that said, with that said, I allowed myself to completely get immersed in the excitement of the show, and I enjoyed the the show so much because of that. Yeah, I really allowed really myself to do that. Honestly, that 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 opening was a as a uh, throwback to his match with Eddie Kingston and Chikara, like their their uh, their storied rivalry. Um, yeah, yeah, that was... which I do like. So like during the brawl later, you yeah. kind of like see Eddie arguing with Mox about Claudio. Yeah, and it's like yeah, like because and that and that's like I mean again like how perfect does that work out right? You know, Danielson's out of the match, but like he's replaced by another guy that Kingston can have beef with. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, exactly. That's that's gonna be a big one. Because um, that rivalry never got finished, right? Like Claudio left before. I think so. I think that's what happened. But they had like three or four matches, um, yeah. At least before that. Um, but yeah, it, we also saw the return of his original finisher, the Ricola bomb, or as it's um, Ricola. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then that takes us to the IWGP four way match for between Adam Cole, Adam Page, Okada, and Jay White. Um, obviously a little bit of controversy of how this match 
finished. Uh, Cole got a concussion. Uh, seemingly, um, I believe it's believed to be off the Okada drop kick, which at this point you should probably just call it the elite killer, given that that's apparently what concussed Kenny too. I mean. But, uh, like I mean, they've they've made. I mean, even in New Japan, I mean, like like the Styles Clash. Who did AJ like break his neck? Who whose neck did he break with that? And then they like made it, it like it was Yoshi, a big deal. It was, it was Yoshitatsu. Yeah, like I mean, they've they've done that before. AJ they, Styles. Like, turned, like, yeah. They've they you know they've turned like you know a real like injury or something. That's into, like kind of a, yeah. That's like a classic thing that you would do. Um, like a good Booker would do that. I mean, didn't they? That's why that's why Crispin Wall was called the Crippler is because he broke Sabu's neck. Yeah, you know, wasn't the last thing he did. That's um, true. That's true. But okay, so this was like not as good as it could have been. IWGP World Championship matches are pretty prestigious. They're very, very rarely multi-man matches, and um, it's just, I can't remember one. When, when was the last time there was a multi-man match? For that, there, it, there was one maybe like two years ago, and it's really rare. It should have stayed that way. That's how it should have been presented. Fuck, we don't need Adam Cole, and he ended up fucking. Well, I don't, don't want to blame him, but goddamn, like I, I think we did not need this. We could have had. I would have been. I would have been way like. I was like, no, not Okada wasted with fucking Adam Page, but I would have rather had Okada versus Adam Page than this fucking or not Okada, I, not Okada. I'm sorry, Jay White versus Adam Page, um, than this fucking clusterfuck. And uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think what it what kind of stood out to me and like. Not to like throw shade at Okada, but you know when he said like this is his first four way match, it kind of shows. Yeah, like I I think that you know like they were, they were doing a lot of like the I, I think like you know, Cole and Page seemed pretty comfortable with it. Um, I thought they were good, but I felt like they worked a little too much with each other, which like makes sense. But like it was kind of like I I've seen this match mm-hmm, multiple times. Mm-hmm. It was good. I really liked both those matches, but I'd like to see you know. I want to see Cole Okada. I want to see Page Okada and, you know, White Cole, White Page, you know, et cetera. Um, Cole was clearly here to kind of, like, take the pin. Um, I think that was always the plan, even if the finish itself was a little... Uh, you think so? And I think so, yeah. Dude. I think that they, they probably wanted to protect Okada for, like, a rematch, uh, a singles yeah. rematch down the line. Um, they probably didn't want to have Page pinned, so Cole was probably, you know, there to to take it i can't get up brother <laughs> i mean i think that you know even if you know it didn't turn out like this i think that was always the the intention was for that to be the finish or the outcome i can't get up brother <laughs> um but yeah i mean it sucks uh you know that he was injured uh sucks that you know kind of sort of took the steam out of the match um i've seen some kind of bullshit like online discourse like i guess there was like the booker t interview or like thing where he like said that like cole needs to like get some know, muscle put on some weight and get he, some muscle he's and right and yeah but like i mean some he, people were like oh like you know he was right you know you can if you don't put on that you get injured and i'm like it's true though it kind of is, but like at the same time, you can still get injured regardless. I mean, you're you can, tr- you well, can, concussion. But like, uh, like it's not like he was gonna fucking get you right, know, muscle, yeah. like head muscle, to protect against. Concussion. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess you guess could say well, maybe neck. But like back, another know. injury, we we didn't mention this earlier, but apparently uh, Kyle O'Reilly's injured, oh, and like no. apparently he must have been in that Darby match. And it's like of all the people that got injured in that match. Kyle O'Reilly is the last person I would have expected. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's yeah. how it happens, man. Yeah, Dude, and it's funny because like. Adam Cole's head is the biggest part of his body. Yeah. 
Well, it's, you know, I, I go back to, in, yeah, there was a, you're right, there was a lot of discourse about that. I think people were talking shit about Eddie's body as well. But I remember when. Eddie Cornette has more muscle. Was, well, yeah. Well, I, re- I just remember when Cornette was, um, was talking about Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy and how it was just abysmal that Cole had to, you know, uh, work with Orange Cassidy. And, you know, because if, if this little fucking piece of shit can be competitive against him, then what's he supposed to do against blah, blah, blah? He kept talking about kept bringing up orange cassidy's physical stature and i'm just like dude he's in way better shape than your boy yeah he's adam cole he's just like, lean looks like he hadn't been in the gym in a yeah minute. like orange cassidy's like, lean orange cassidy was in was in good shape like he had muscle tone and whatever like if you if that's and that's not really important to me but it's i just thought it was um yeah it was like a- did you see these guys like one guy looks like he's been on the couch well, and yeah. it's kind of weird, like the Cole thing, like too. It's like he looks the same way he did in NXT when like no one cared. Actually, that's not true. He had to use the piece. He had Bro. to use the performance center, and he was way bigger. I saw like some before. For a while he was yeah. in better shape. I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw some before and after pictures. I saw some before and after pictures. Yeah, I saw. And that it too. was like so different. And it's because they make them, dude. And there's a lot of people that are like that. It's because they have access to the performance center, and they fucking make you work out. You don't have they a have choice. Access to the that's to part the performance of your, enhancing. It, I mean, I mean, performance center. Well, they, that, that's true. I mean, like Kevin Owens was the same way. He was in unreal shape when he was in NXT. He was the best he ever looked, and he doesn't look like that now. And I don't know if he was in unreal shape. He was. He was. He was real good. He was in <laughs> maybe real good shape. Go look. Like yeah. look he was at in better shape, maybe. But yeah. But another thing, those guys in NXT, like they're living in Florida. They're you know taping you know once or twice a week. They're not yeah. on the road. You're right, but days. they have. They're they're like required. Like yeah. they're, they're well, you better be working out if you're a wrestler and you're not on the road. No, but they're days. they're required to do it. Like it's part of the job. Like they get hired. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. have they have well, to get up like like a fucking boot camp and be like, yo, you, it's time to go to work out. Everybody has to go. Well, you see, and you know, whatever. And I'm not like the body guy or someone who thinks like everybody's got to have this certain type of body. But you see people from NXT get called up and then they hit that crazy road schedule and then. All of a sudden, they don't have those abs, and all of a sudden, and you you, know, and you don't have ass doesn't yeah, look as firm, and you don't have and, yeah. somebody telling you you gotta go. They have to do it on their own. Well, but but it, well, it's also just I mean, a lot harder too. To yeah, that yeah, too, the, tra- yeah, the travel schedule. Yeah, yeah. This match wasn't everything I'd hoped it would have been. I mean, Jay White needed a singles match. It's funny because you know he was saying it's not going to be against you. It's not going to be against you, and it ended up being against maybe it's, like, it's going to be against you and I mean, he, you. He's, he's a heel. He can he can. Yeah. You know. He can be but wrong, just, but it also no, didn't. It also like his his logic was correct. Like he, he sh- they should not have been in line for title contention at all. Like for in any in any circumstance, and it's stupid that they were part of the match. They should have fucking and just wrestled it, each other. They could have brought yeah, in. And, they could have brought in. He could have brought in like another Bullet Club member to wrestle Adam Cole, and then he could have had a match with Adam Page, or it could have been like. Oh, but like, well, the, but but he said that Page also was unworthy of contending against him. Yeah. Um, like that's it, the problem. I mean, the problem is like enough. when they. I mean, I get that this is probably the destination, but it wasn't well done. Mm-hmm. And in kayfabe, like, what right does Jay have to book his own matches? Well, does he or doesn't he? And it, right. you know, the heads or tails was not made of that, and none of it mattered. And we got this four way match. It didn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who would have been his one on one opponent. I really don't. And we didn't have a few different. Dude, I would have taken show. almost anybody that was like. There were guys that couldn't work the show. You couldn't have Andrade on there. You couldn't have Pinta on there. Yeah, those would have been good opponents. I mean, if it's yeah. just if he's keeping the title, it didn't really matter, as long as it was going to be a good match. 
And this wasn't. Yeah, I, mean, like, if I, we, I still if we look at the uh, rankings. They uh, fucked up. Should we, should we see who they? Yeah, let's Wardlow. look at the rankings. Should've, should've, oh yeah, Wardlow wasn't White even Wardlow. on the show. Could you good? Could you imagine Wardlow <laughs> and Jay White? Oh my god, it might have like, been okay. Yeah, it probably would have been okay, but because of Jay, I, th- but, I, that was like the I to me like when I think about who wasn't on this show, I'll, in a lot of cases, it's like yeah, this this kind of makes sense. Yeah. I still um, had high expectations for this match, um, and it didn't really hit them. Yeah, it was okay. I, as, there was still the drama of, uh, you know, are they going to do something different here? Is Was Jay White only IWGP champion for promotional purposes Sure, you know, surrounding this pay-per-view? Were they going to put it back in Okada? Were they going to do something really crazy and put it on an AEW guy? They didn't. Jay retains, and it's like, well, that was New Japan's biggest win of this pay-per-view was was jay white because uh, otherwise it was a big win really, too uh, but yeah, like, they didn't really unfortunately it wasn't a japanese guy it, but you know because uh, if you look at new japan's record on this pay-per-view it was pretty dismal adam cole has been K-fabe. one adam cole has been one of the worst signings of aw's ever had and and, and not just uh, maybe maybe yeah ma- you, mainly because of the way he used them you would think that they used them okay but like they've given him a lot and and, and, and in virtue of that it's been bad for the whole company because if you, you well well if you look at it if you look at it from just like a wrestling standpoint what and maybe well our, let me give you my subjective taste no no but no, no, I don't no, no. Know what, i'll tell the you why financial numbers must be pretty good no, no, let me get let me get, let me even like put that because they haven't made any um they like they had it made it they made them not prepared for this because they've been they've been spamming him against adam page that he was like Adam Page is like main fucking rival during his championship run. Mm-hmm. They could have easily built somebody else up to be a challenger. And then you would have somebody else on that level that we would see as somebody that could be a real challenger for, for a world championship. But since they kept spamming Adam, uh, Adam Cole, we didn't get that. They just kept wanting to fucking have the Adam Cole fucking show. And because of that, we didn't get people built up. And this is a fucking big mistake that they're going to make if they keep doing shit like that. I agree that it was a booking mistake, but... He's been with the company long enough for them to know his numbers. I don't, I they think, wouldn't yeah, be putting him on if there was sense. if he was tanking. Maybe they wouldn't be giving him. I'm not saying he wouldn't be on the show, but they wouldn't be giving him this spot. Maybe he gets, like, he gets huge spots. And I like, I agree. I, I would have been nice to have gotten like you know more diversity in like that uh, page title feud. Like just I don't know who the other person would have been. I mean, obviously, like I mean. To be fair, the other person you mentioned been, before would have been like Andrade, who couldn't be on this show anyway. It should have been Mox, who's worked fucking New Japan before. It should have been Mox, and it, and then they should have had fucking MJF come back to wrestle the fucking the world's greatest heel versus the world's greatest baby face. It would have been mm. it have been that would have been the fucking right thing to do. Maybe the only I don't know. I think I I, I don't know what to think of the whole MJF thing. To be honest, like I, it's not that I'm like oh I'm like he was due some time off. <laughs> I think it's so. just. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It, it just feels like everything that they've like done with him, like it's it's not been bad, but it just feels like this whole angle is like just a weird like shadow distraction over everything. And like, I kind of respect that. Like, like I mean, I I, I, mean, I wouldn't be shocked if New Japan was like, yeah, like we don't want like this like like you know you can do that storyline, but just we don't want it on our show and like taking away from the showcase. Well, okay. Um. So Jay retains, and I was glad to see that. Um, so then that takes us to the main event of Tanahashi versus John Moxley for the interim AEW World Title. Uh, commentary <coughs> puts over and how much this has been building for three years, um, pretty much ever since Mox left WWE. 
And uh, I thought this was a pretty solid match. There was uh, someone in the crowd who kind of went into business for himself, got into a fight, and uh, the crowd started chanting, you fucked up. And I think it kind of threw them off. They're like, wait, did we fuck did we up? Fuck up? I, saw, yeah. I saw Mox. I saw Mox looking over there at one point trying to see Yeah, he like hell. puts him in like, he put like Okada in like kind of a rest hole, or Okada, Tanahashi in a rest hold. Um, he was like, oh, shit, they're looking fighting. over there. Like, oh, shit, they're fighting. Well, and, like, I mean, there was... And like we, because like we, I, I don't like we were like, wait, like did the ref fuck up or something? Because like there was that spot we forgot to mention it in the tag match where um, the ref counted three of his hands but only said two, so like the pin was fucked up and like the crowd chanted that there. So like we're like, oh wait, did something happen here? And it was like, no, it was just this, you know, yeah, jackass. That video crowd, is hilarious too. It He's, is pretty hilarious. He tries yeah. to fucking punch the security guard. And the security guard. Oh my god! Fucking, I didn't see the. Oh yeah. my god! I and haven't the, seen it. And the security guard oh, yeah. straight fucking punches him back, like fucking boxes him up. Fucking fantastic! That was the you fucked up. Yeah. Is that our? Can that be our Durex tight squeeze moment of the week? Or Durex <laughs> tight squeeze. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> um. So. Oh yeah, I I did love this match though. Um. I didn't think I was Do gonna like the it. highlight. Do you know what the highlight of this match was for me? What? So the finish, uh, Mox wins, and you just start getting so angry. And then your girlfriend, <laughs> who like you know, she's part of our watch parties, but like you know, because it's on the phone, like we don't always like hear her like saying everything. But I just hear her say like, "Aren't you being kind of a mark right no, now?" No, she goes, she goes, not she goes, not you being a salty mark. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but that earned a lot of respect from me. That's... Those who weren't there, if you remember that, if you remember that guys cm punk reaction when the rock came back to beat cm punk no it wasn't was, like that it was just like that no it wasn't you could even hear him in there breaking like no i wasn't that you even hear him in there breaking his mock dolls dude i was like i was immersed and i so wanted to see tanahashi win i wanted to see them have the balls to do this and uh and, and this match was so fucking good and tanahashi shows why why he's the fucking world's greatest baby face and it's because yeah. it's it and he he got every he got people to boo Mox like people yeah people like like supported Tanahashi about midway through this match and then people were just raining down boos on Mox they loved Tanahashi and that's the effect he has on people he is pro wrestling magic like he embodies I, yeah. pro wrestling magic and it, like you think of a white meat baby face but he's like a, above that like he's like so far sure. above that as as a baby face. It's it was fantastic. I see what you're saying, but um, I, I think they would have actually put the belt on him if yeah. I really do. If two things, if G1. number one, the G1 wasn't coming up, and number two, yeah. CM Punk's timetable for return would have been a little bit lesser than I guess it is because they had advertised that match, and it would make sense for them to do that match as a unification mm-hmm. match. But with the G1, and then. CM Punk's they return, kind of, you know, we don't know what it I was, is. They right could have swapped Tanahashi out in the G1 with somebody. And yeah, but they, but they didn't, and we knew that going into the they match. did. They, and I don't, they and didn't. I don't think they would be willing to either, because I think that you know, like they, they, you know, he's he, he's a draw for them. He right? is a he is a draw, but they're not doing they're not doing uh like blocks for one day any this time. They're mixing all yeah. the blocks every single day. I think they could have done without Tanahashi. They could have been like he's AEW champion. He's it's due to his duties as AEW mm-hmm. world champion. He's not going to be in the G one, and they give him like a really suitable replacement. 
And maybe they yeah, because like if he but but if, they would have had to have announced that before he won the title because of just the timetable. Well, they wouldn't because blocks and because the reason forbidden door. They wouldn't because the the reason would have been his his uh his duties as AEW champion. He wasn't AEW champion, but, but he yet. wasn't AEW champion when they when exactly they announced the G one block. That's well, what he's saying. saying. They would have they, they could have they, announced, they they like, announced due to his his uh his responsibility oh, as AEW world champion. Then they give him a suitable replacement. But like gotcha, man. They might have to replace Ishii already though. So like. I can get why they might not want to like just, you know. Yeah, I just take another I highlight. I, of the G1. I don't know that they that they would think too much of their guy missing the G one to have a run as AEW champion. When maybe not, it's just my, but it's just my guess. They could have sent somebody over there, and maybe they it could have been an AEW guy that goes over there. But my my point is is that. I, wait, wait, my, maybe Tana didn't want to do it. Maybe he didn't. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I, I, I loved, I loved this match, and like I said, I was so immersed in it. And at the end, really at the end, I had like flashbacks of the really lame World Championship run that John Moxley had. And I didn't think it was that lame. But that was okay. I, th- I thought it was. I mean, it was, it was, it was during a bad, the crowdless was, era. Yeah, it was a That's bad. True. It was, it was Malasuerte, day, man. Like it was, it was rough because of of COVID and stuff. And I mean, true. look, you you got. Eddie Kingston and, and Mox. That's and true. He did have that. That was it awesome. Was, and that then was you had the unfortunate. Eddie. You had the unfortunate like barbed wire death match like finale. But that match, yeah. If you take away the fucking like dud at Wait, the end, wasn't Kenny, was, Kenny yeah. was champion Kenny at that? Kenny was champion at that point. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny had okay, him. that was during oh, Kenny's right, championship right, right. or championship. That's right. Run. That was like the rematch. Yeah. 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 Okay, but yeah, it's almost part of the title reign because he's getting a rematch from his his loss. But you can't blame that all on him. I you know well and that I, match I think was he's like been on fire close lately. to a masterpiece if it wasn't for the explosives mm-hmm. yeah 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 and I think it's um I think he's been on fire lately like I mentioned last episode yeah so. yeah I agree I mean I really I really like Mox um I I was looking at like Tana's block because I was like well like you know like even if he's like gone for a bit in the G one but I'm like I don't like I know how they book G one like he's in, like in it with like Aaron Hanare and like it, I I wouldn't be shocked if Aaron Hanare was like spoiler to him and like I don't want like the AEW champion like losing to like Aaron Hanare or like some of these other names that are and in there that yeah block. there was gonna be something like that and then you know would that mean they would be due an AEW title shot you know yeah so it does if he's gonna be in the G one it raises a lot of complications even if CM Punk had come back to where mm-hmm. they could have a champion on TV. While Tana was, you know, yeah, showing like up over the there one thing belt. I saw that like could have been cool, but like again, it's just like a series of miracles that would get you there. Is if like because like Kenta's in that block, mm. if it somehow ended up with Kenta taking the interim title and then fa- facing Punk, oh, like he had to force yeah. him, that'd be awesome. Yeah, if but, that match doesn't happen, it's because of some pussyitis. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in the chain, there's some pussyitis. If we don't get, Kenta I think we know. I think Punk. we know where in the chain. Yeah, pussyitis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was really shocked that CM Punk didn't come out. I wonder if he's because it's Chicago. I figured he would have come out and you know yeah, he, made a quick appearance and did. Yeah, a, Tony said that promo he wanted or, to keep him home to recover. He might. Yeah, he must not be. In Just like stay super home. Good shape. <laughs> yeah, or maybe he was watching the Stanley Cup final or whatever that night. <laughs> he might have been. Yeah. Yeah. He likes hockey. CM Punk likes hockey guys. Ugh. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, awesome. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Show goes off the air. Mox is your. They're just calling him champion. I didn't really hear them calling him interim champion or anything like that. I think on the website they just have him like in the champion spot too. I mean, yeah. Double check on that. Well, he's he's. I mean, he's going to be. He's going to be their functioning champion until. Yeah. And Punk I mean, to be very, I mean, he could very well. Or no, I guess they have Punk on there still, but uh, I mean, he could very well drop it, drop the intern. Like, I mean, I assume he's gonna be defending it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because like Mox, CM Punk. I mean, I guess 
that's a match that's going to happen at some point, and I guess they could go ahead and get it out of the way. Yeah. Well, anyway, I I let the show great pay per view. Yeah, great pay per view. Man, it had a great and it had a great flavor. Yeah, the excitement mm-hmm. was there. Obviously, the crowd was good. It just felt like the right time of the year to do it. It over delivered based on like the build for it. It over delivered what it looked like on paper. Yeah. Uh, the tag matches were a lot of fun. The multi-man matches were fun. I, I think the really the only disappointment was the the IWGP title match. And with that said, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And yeah, was, it just and there was intrigue about you know that it's still a title match, and there's intrigue about what they're gonna do. They did the safe thing, and they probably the you know the most expected thing, but that's okay. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of the results were definitely the safe and predictable. But I think that just goes to show, yeah. like. You know, like, predictable's fine if it just delivers, like, quality. And that's yeah. 100% the story of this pay-per-view. And it has a lot mm-hmm. of the things that you want in a pro wrestling show. It has the good wrestling. It has great surprises. Great, like, just all that yeah. stuff, man. Like, it, it, you could absolutely get immersed in this show. And- it totally worked. Like, mm-hmm. everything totally worked. I would have liked to have seen, you know, um, a few more of the Japanese wrestlers getting the pins. But, um, you know, if they do, uh, if they do the equivalent of this in Japan... I guess we'll see that there. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, man, wow, this was great. I had a great time. And here's to many more much spots. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, that was a great show. <laughs> that was such a good show. And I'm such I'm on such a like a like a, a a natural high from the show being so good that like I just I'm I'm not ready to stop talking about it. I just don't want that I want well, I don't I mean, want this episode to end, but it, it definitely has to. So thank you guys. Well, we have blood and guts this week. Yeah, we got know? blood and so, guts. I mean, yeah. There's you, you don't have to uh, have like the post pay per view depression. That's true. We got another yeah. really big show coming up on on Wednesday, and uh, they announced uh, Christian Cage will also be on the show too. So we'll see. You know the evolving saga between him and Jungle Boy, whether or not he uh, buries more of his family. Who knows? Please literally. give me a little shit heel fucking <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> Marco stunt, please. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, And may your week be full of mini monster pops. Catch you guys later. I'll see you guys. Bye.